The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. Oh, here we go. I am your host, Rodicat. You can find me at Rodicat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And sound effects you have heard come from none other than a co-host with the most on the North Coast. One, Agent Unscore 70 on Twitter, Instagram, and threads. What's up, everybody? Co-hosting from the Borough of Kings. There go. Yes, folks, we got a nice little... Um, I'd say packedly typed show. So we're just going to get into it with uh, the comic books of the week, starting off with, and if uh, Agent 70 will do, will let me do the honor of, uh, of uh, sound effect in this one. Um, Thundercats, number one. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> I got a link. I got to, um, I, I got to uh, send you after the show also, but, um, yes, folks, uh, dynamite entertainment's Thundercats. Number one is finally out. I was, uh, waiting for this. I wasn't actually, I honestly didn't expect, uh, age of 70 to, to read it, but apparently did also. <laughs> I got to it. Yeah. So, uh, so let's go ahead and get into it then, sir. <clears throat> so obviously if, if you are familiar with the original setting of Thundercats, both in the animated version and believe it or not, in the star comics version that was published by Marvel comics around the same time. So What's interesting about this is that it starts in similar fashion, but obviously deviates from what we, what I guess the, the, the OGs would know as the original story. That's all I'm willing to really say other than I think the non-spoilery thing I can say is the looks are subtly different for, for some of the main characters that we know. Yes. And it's a little jarring. 
So that's <laughs> what I that th- th- those are my big takeaways. I obviously do not want to spoil what the big twist is because there is a twist. There has to be something that gets you to come back uh-huh. for the next issue. But I think what I will say is I think it's it starts off well. It's a good strong start. I think the one takeaway that I would be willing to tell anybody is that the looks the the subtle changes in the looks were a little jarring to me but as I said earlier I am one of those OGs one of those people that like was down with thunder thundercats from jump so um it was a little jarring but you know with that I'll hand it off to Rodicat right you want to give the credits oh I apologize I'm a little out of it uh this week folks um thundercats number one is written by declan shalvey with art by drew moss colors by chiara di francia and martina pignadoli and letters by jeff eckleberry i'm sorry i'm i'm a little out of sorts tonight folks so uh bear with us it's all right it's all right actually and when i read that chiara name i'm like chitara wrote this i mean uh has something oh. to do with this colored this that's funny yeah. So yeah, like Agent Seventy said, there are some differences in some of the uh, the looks of the characters. But at least uh, for those worried about it, as far as I know, as far as we know at this point, uh, said striking character doesn't have a gun. <laughs> because if if the folks remember the twenty eleven uh, Thundercat series, that was the thing that kind of struck me. It was like, wait, why does this character have a gun? That I don't remember. It was, I mean, it was a good series. Um, it was short The animated lived. series you're referring to, right? Huh? The animated series, or was yes. there a comic book series you're referring to? No, animated. Okay. I yeah. remember there being an animated series. I remember re, uh, watching it mm-hmm. here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't recall the character you are referring to. Yeah, uh, for those who don't remember, do remember Tiger had a gun in that series, or at least at the beginning. Oh! I, I do not remember that at all. I do because, like I said, I remember I was like because when I remember seeing, I was like, "What the hell's going on here? Like, where's the whip? What's going on?" And I remember they made a few different changes in that series uh, right off the bat. But you know, that's what you do in a. In a it was kind of a gritty reboot, but it was a reboot nonetheless. So, um, and in this case, while it's not necessarily a reboot, there. They do. There is uh, some subtle changes to it, including the aforementioned uh, twist that um, uh, Agent Seventy talked about. That I mean, uh, mentioned that we won't go into. But at least for those who are kind of coming into this slightly fresh, or you know, well, either fresh or lapsed in you know thundercats knowledge because it has been around i'm not sure how where it is in on streaming uh, platforms at this point i'm sure it's probably out there um you get a nice little recap of events leading up to where they are now which spoiler alert they're on third earth so that that is pretty much as far as we'll go with with that but um that being said i feel like some of the um the differences in the looks might have possibly come slightly off of that 2011 uh, animated series. I can't tell that for certain. Because uh, it's not a one-to-one, even with those. Because those characters even look different from these. But I'm sure there's inspiration that was drawn from probably both the classic uh, 86 and, you know, that that one. You know, for whatever, for whatever reason. Um, and I think there is one distinct, possibly distinct change that at least I don't remember of is... 
a character being um, a, a character's relationship with uh, with uh, Lion-O, which seems more of a 2011 thing than the the than the uh, the old Rankin Bass joint. But that part, I'm not entirely sure because I don't know if they ever actually said that in the original or not. So right. yeah, actually, what made this, this book made me want to do is kind of go back and watch some of that old shit. So which I was probably going to do anyway because of this. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's just kind of uh, give me more more reason to. But that being said, um, yeah, like I said, there's not really much else to say without spoiling it. I pretty much enjoyed it. There wasn't any, outside of the, the twist at the end, there wasn't anything that was like um, that was glaringly different. Like you could pretty much checkbox, you know, things that show up or happen in in the course of this uh, right. issue, which is not a bad thing, you know. But as Agent 70 said, it's like, yeah, they had to do something to, that, uh, that'll bring you back. I wasn't expecting that to happen this early because it was a thing that happened in the old cartoons at some point, if I remember correctly. But it took a while to get to that point. So, Gotcha. I mean, I don't remember any of that in the that, old cartoons, except I guess maybe what you're referring to is something um, being more fragile. Right. Then you remember? Right. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Right. Like, and yeah, and like I said, there was like, I remember, I feel like I vaguely remember it happening because I feel like they, if it wasn't like one of those five-parter or two-parters that they had at, you know, at once or, uh, once or twice, then it was just like, and probably wasn't like a two or three-parter, whatever the case may be, but it was like, there weren't that many of those in that series. So there, was, there were things that kind of stand out about those. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, it is good stuff. I'm like, um, we don't, well, we know we, as far as we know, it is an ongoing. So I'm hoping it's going to continue to, um, you know, uh, capture viewers, capture readers and, you know, continue to be good specifically, you know, to do that. But I feel like it's Thundercats. They, there have been many of times where they've been tried to reboot and redo um, various versions of the Thundercats, whether in live action form or in uh, animated series or whatnot, that are probably still in various states of happening or not happening to where it's good to see, kind of see it again and whether the uh, Thundercats diehards are out there, you know, eating this up. Right. But I'm sure we'll, we'll find out probably by the end of the week whether there's like a second or third printing of this, which are, I feel like there will probably likely be. Yeah, Who probably. Knows? Yeah, you know, because there and even with the variant covers they got out there, which I guess I should have shown a couple of them while we're while we're sitting here talking, um, you know, they were just kind of out there. So, matter of fact, I just go ahead and show that one real quick, and show what was that other one? This one, which, uh, if you're watching the video version, I will say that the the um the visual on this particular. <clears throat> uh, variant cover hasn't happened yet but like I said the other thing you would expect to happen in a Thundercats series did already happen and um, it was played quite well I would say and then there's that one and that'll be the last one I show for the variant covers <clears throat> which I know Agent 70 can't see but I'm working on uh, changing getting that to change I could see it if I pulled up the uh, the Twitch feed but, yeah but um, you know <clears throat> it's okay 
yeah, we don't need to do that. It's actually kind of funny. So the 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 one that's up right now is a Liefeld, or according to this, is a Liefeld original. Um, which there's some news on uh, Liefeld uh, and the news uh, coming up later on. So, well, well, that's a little tease for later on. And with that, we're going to move on to uh, the next book that we were going to talk about, which is, excuse me, X-Men number 31. X-Men number 31 is written by Jerry Duggan with art by Phil Noto and letters by VCs Clayton Cowell. So just as a quick preface to this, both Roddy Cat and I had not yet read X-Men number 30 when X-Men 31 dropped this week. So we both had to uh, circle back and read X-Men number 30 in order to understand what in the hell is happening in X-Men 31. And to be perfectly honest, I still was unsure what was going on in X-Men 30 and 31 because of certain characters that I'm like, how did he get there? Why is he there? When did this start? Do I have to go back to like 27, 28, 29? But in any event, um, we are now in the, I guess, the home stretch, as it were, for the counteroffensive, the uh, striking back, as it were, by the former nation of uh, Krakoa against the forces of Orcus and uh, weirdo Mr. Sinister. Uh, you know, I forget his name again, but um, uh you know, and all these other characters, right? Right. There is a bit of a <clears throat> side quest is the term that is completed in this issue. And, you know, it starts in the previous issue, which is why we had to circle back to issue number 30. That side quest being completed does play a significant role in the paths of certain characters. And uh, also, as I said, uh, helps to uh, lay the groundwork for the counteroffensive by the mutants. So with that, I will hand it off to Rydicat. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Right. So all of the X-Books have pretty much been bringing it, wrapping it up, wrapping up their uh, storylines to kind of get to this, because it's about to go down um, very shortly, uh, as Agent 70 uh, alluded to. So that thing he just uh, talked about was one part of that. Um, and things are starting to come together for that one big push. So, um, I'm, yeah, as, um, as agent 70 said, that the one character that kind of comes in as a guest uh, is, is like, is slightly baffling, but I feel like there's probably, you know, especially when that character is kind of busy elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, with the thing, but obviously, you know, the timing on these books are different. So we don't know when this is in relation to, uh, this character's own books and adjacent books, but nevertheless, <clears throat> um, you know, this was, this was, I, I thought this was a pretty good issue because of like, all right, yeah, we're, st we're, we're starting to hit it now because like things are coming together, you know, there's going to be, and we only got what, like another what month or so or two, actually, I think well, until everything just kind of is, is done. Because does everything kind of kind of wrap up in March or June? Hold on, mm. I'll just take a quick because I remember seeing the checklist, right? And the checklist has, you know, uh, it's not the it's not always the best indicator, but you know, the reading list, the checklist at the end of the 
the end of the issue is often helpful. Right. With figuring out when all this stuff ends. So let's see. It doesn't say because I believe it's March. Because mm, it only just did the month books or whatever. Or the right. It's just the month's worth of books. Yeah. I knew they started doing that at some point. So, but regardless, it's, it's going to be at some time in the next month or two when everything is just going to wrap up. So it looks like they, it was time for them to start bringing things back, uh, back home to, mm-hmm. to, uh, to, to come together in that last big battle. So that's where we're at with this. And, um, like I said, this particular issue was, um, was not bad on the action cause they had to take care of the, well, a couple of things got ended up getting taken care of. And I guess we got a hint to, um, or at least a character makes a potential hint to, to another side mission that's going on at the same time with this, uh, which I thought happened in this book. Now that I think about it, um, but I guess they're going to. That might be something they're going to deal with next next month or next next issue. I'm not entirely sure, but um, with things coming together as it is, we're, we're starting to see the pieces all coming to the same place. I was going to ask if that character was in the Iron Man book. Cause that's the one book that I think I didn't go back and re- read. And I think you had, but I'm guessing that's not the case. I don't recall. Hmm. I so, don't recall unless we're speaking of a certain, uh, I think they called him the white King. No, no, he's no. pretty much been everywhere. I mean, <laughs> he's been showing up in spaces you don't even expect, especially this one. So, right, 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 right. But um, one that would be tied normally tied to uh, the other character that we were kind of questioning, I would say. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Who, and he's also showed up there, funnily enough, because we talked about right. that. Right, right, right. So, you know, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I will drop the most obscure, Not it's not the most obscure reference, but it's the, the, the character has, shares a name with the name of the cow in City Slickers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is that is a reference that uh that's that's a pull, sir. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it's a deep cut, but that's a pull. So <laughs> uh it's been a week, folks. It's been oh man, that's pretty good though. Uh but with that, uh that uh takes care of X-Men number thirty-one. Um, definitely more in the X corner to come very, very soon. I'm sure next week is, is going to be, uh, uh, something interesting, but now we're going to get to the, I guess the last book we were going to talk about, uh, even though we, um, there are a couple of other books we still do have in common, uh, fantastic four number 17. Sure. Fantastic four number 17 is written by Ryan North. With art by Carlos Gomez, colors by Jesus Abertov, and letters by our favorite lettering Paisan, VCs Joe Caramagna. So if you thought, if you thought that they would not use Sue's new, old, retcon origin and you know, throw that into the mix. You're sadly mistaken because they have used it here. Mm-hmm. They used it right here in this issue. So the reason why I mentioned that is I don't recall her having this level, uh, this, 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 this particular area of expertise back in the day. 
Right. I don't recall when she obtained this. I feel like they snuck it in as the result of the uh, failed attempt to reboot the Fantastic Four movies. Mm. If I'm not mistaken. You might be right about that. I think, it be, let's just say, I think it's been a thing that's probably been building in the modern era. Because, right. yeah, because uh, this is definitely a relatively newer um a newer thing than both uh agent 70 and i know because we know from you know early from from earlier days than this that yeah there wasn't it wasn't nowhere like this now we knew she was a smart woman that that, that has right. never been in question but the fact right. that she's now has all a about the area of expertise right I the fact that like, she has a doctorate or something was her expertise right that i did right. not know exactly so so but 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 that aside this was a this was a an interesting issue to read because it's relatively dense. There's a lot of actual reading in this issue. Mm-hmm. Why? Because what is that? I know that it's a Doctor Who reference. It's Time a lot wimey. of timey wimey stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll hand it off to Roddy Cat uh, with uh, you know on, on that note and say there is um, some. Uh, how did I put it once? Well, let's just say stuff that we know doesn't work, at least in the MCU version of time travel. Right. And I'll hand it off to Roddy Cat. Yeah, there's a lot of back and forth, let's just say, in in the uh, the mechanical workings, time workings in, in this issue that are kind of funny. And a good bit of monologuing, actually, towards the end, because there's a lot of explaining of this and explaining of that and as it turns out that part of that explaining ends up being the thing that kind of wins the day. Also, um, I was about to say shout out to Braille. Um, yeah. You know, Braille, Braille ends up being the hero in this in particular case. Now, what does that mean? You had to read it for, for read the, the issue for yourself to find out. But, um, yeah, we, we pretty much start off with, um, actually. So the funny thing about this is this, particular issue shares some DNA in a particular uh, episode of Star Trek, the next generation specifically. Uh, because um, Sue gets called out for an, uh, for, a, for an archaeological dig. And I, I don't know why I'm having trouble saying that word. Cause I've said it plenty of times in the past. She doesn't have a fedora folks. So sadly she is not like another well-known doctor that we know of, but hopefully one day soon they will do that. And, or she will say it belongs in a museum. Hopefully you know, get that synergy in there. But nevertheless, uh, there is a mystery that happened that, that, um, that, happens during the course of that dig that why which is the reason why she got called out and why she ends up calling the family out that uh leads into the time shenanigans that um that certain folks uh, get um get uh entreated to in this issue yeah it was definitely a fun read and like it just said definitely a good bit of reading because of the whole monologue and explaining and this and that and the other that was going on is with this and Amusingly enough, I read this after another book that we both read in common that has, let's just say, a variant of the uh, adversary, or the, I guess the prime version of the uh, of a variant that mm-hmm. shows up here, which was kind of amusing. 
So, and that I'll just leave it at that with this. This is, was a potential click of the week for myself because it was fun, even though, you know, it was like a little heavy on the monologue and explaining, but it's like, but once you kind of get to the end of it, it's like, ah, got it. So that was, that's what made it pretty fun. Gotcha. Uh, let's see. And with that, actually, throw this Ron Lim cover in here real quick. Bow. No ROM on the on, on the cover, sadly, but you know, <laughs> can't have it all, right? Can't have it all. Listen, the omnibus came out this week. The it first, did the first the first part of the omnibus came mm-hmm. out. Um, yeah, I was hoping we were going to get like there, there was a copy out there we were going to get because I kind of wanted to thumb through it, but nevertheless, we did not. Oh, we got it last. I thought I thought we got a copy of it before did recently. You? I don't remember. If it was because last week, I have to go back and look. But if that's the case, yeah, I'll thumb through it because I know you have your copy on you and uh. Well, no, I actually didn't buy the um, the, the omnibus yet, but I have the individual issues. Right. I'm pretty sure I have one through twenty nine, except for like maybe one or two. Right, and I have mine also, uh, but they're they're a way where I can't get to them right now. What we're talking about is right here, folks. The official handbook of the Marvel um, handbook master edition. Oh, we're talking about oh hot move. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought we were talking about ROM. Um, oh no 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 no. ROM omnibus is what I was referring to. Right. Yeah, yeah we did get a copy of that. Yes. Yeah, I definitely got a copy of the Ohatmu. Yeah, but that also came out the the Ohatmu Master uh the hard uh, Master Edition. The master came Edition. Out that's right. Yeah. So that's like the the nineties edition. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So, but nevertheless, um, wait, that was the last book. So, um, Fantastic Four number seventeen. It's a treat. Uh, Timey wimey, good stuff. And we are going to go into the rapid fires. All right, spinning it up. Uh, this is, I guess, the first part of our uh, small but meaningful tribute to the memory of Carl Weathers. Because, obviously, the first sound drop we use to uh, start our rapid-fire review section comes from one of his more well-known roles. I ain't got time to breathe. All right. Uh, Rapid review fire. Rapid review time. All right. So here we go. Um, First up is Avengers number 10. It's written by Jed McKay with art by C.F. Villa. Colors by Federico Blee and letters by V.C.'s Corey Petit. Roddy Cat also read this, so he will chime in. I will say that this issue ties up part of the storyline, but obviously um, brings up something else. By circling back to the Avengers dealing with Nightmare. And I kind of enjoyed the setup that McKay used there. Because he had two of arguably the most powerful Avengers speak to Nightmare. And I, I, I just I like the, the little uh, back and forth that they had. The, 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 dia- the, uh, the dialogue between the three of them was, was pretty cool. With regards to that, what was it? The what do they call themselves? The Twilight Council or something? Um. Oh, the last group, uh, the the Twilight Court. Yeah, Twilight the Court. Twi- yeah, the the, the group they're called talk, uh, fighting yeah. right now is the Twilight Court. Yeah, the Twilight Court. Uh, you know, <laughs> memory, folks. It's been a long week. So, uh, the Twilight Court, they, 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 they do what they have to do, and then skedaddle. Right. That's really, you know, they're, they're more of a plot device than anything. They do what they have to do. 
to a certain character, there's no real pussyfooting around it. It's Kang, right? They do what they have to do, and then they 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 uh, they, they they get out of dodge very quickly to set up the next thing, right? Because they're not done. That Twilight this this group of characters is not done. If they gain enough traction, they will eventually have Marvel Legends made of them. So we'll see. Um, any thoughts? Um, this is a, a nice breezy um, issue. I, I would say, say, dare say, it definitely felt like, oh, hey, remember that stuff from Timeless uh, is the reason why this part is happening. And by the way, we're just going to shuttle you into some new stuff because at the end of it, we uh, or near the starting to near the end of it, we get uh, a bit wrapped up. Well, not wrapped up, but we we circle back to Thor and Scarlet Witch. Uh, uh, um, um, you know, uh, basically, basically, um, you know, circling back to the whole nightmare stuff. Uh, I was about to say, I, I want to say uh, keeping their promise, but that wasn't necessarily the case. But in some way, shape, or form, it was kind of like that because basically, Thor says, "Like, yeah, we're going to revisit this sometime uh, at some point soon," and here they are now. But what it seems to be leading into is something else, or or the next thing that the Avengers are going to be dealing with sounds like. So, and I assume that's going to also be a part of Timeless, or that's something that was a part of Timeless. But you know, we know this that whole thing is still kind of still in play because of this issue. Uh, and what was uh what was uh brought out in this issue so we shall we shall see all right next up is doctor strange number 12 it's written by jed mckay with art by danilo danilo s bayruth and colors by kj diaz they're both guest they're they're both guests on this book and letters are by vc's cory petite this is a very fun it's not a one-off because it is a one of, I guess, I th- how did I put it earlier? It's one of uh, a couple of stories later on because this yes. is set up, right? This is planting a seed for a certain story that will not, you know, produce fruit until much later on because the next issue will go in a different direction. But this is centered around bats and some of the other animals, magical, otherwise, uh, magic and otherwise, um, obviously bats is a ghost dog. Um, some, some of the other animals, magic and otherwise that, uh, that stay that the tick of residence in the sanctum sanctorum and also something else that apparently has taken up residence in sanctum sanctorum. And that's my setup. Yes. I had, I had flashbacks to the mirror—I I, want to say it's called the Mirror of Erized in Harry Potter, but that's what I was thinking of. It's obviously a different mirror, a different magic effect here, but that's what I was thinking of when I saw this. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, well, I—you know—I wasn't thinking about uh, Harry Potter, but sure. Um, uh, but you have a better memory for the, for the, for that stuff uh, uh, than I do. I could have also said the, the well, no, this doesn't play here because I was about to say the Phantom Zone probably comes into mind, right? In, in a way, um, but I kind of expected this story to go slightly different than the way it did because it was kind of set up as in it, and in, in a way, it is a kind of a hey, this is what Bats is doing, or this is a, a Bat saves the day story, and it kind right. of sort of is, but it kind of sort of is not. Um, 
there was a thing as Agent Seventy alluded to, or a character that is alluded to, or that that comes into play here that. I was like, where does this character come from? And luckily they had a footnote to where the, the character last showed up, which was something right, which is fairly recent, which I was right. like, when was this? Exactly. You know, we obviously did not read this. No, I think it was something around, around Halloween, because I feel like I remember seeing that issue, but I didn't read it. So I was like, oh, okay. So I guess if I really, really wanted to, I could go back and read that and see what happened there to, to, um, to bring the situation back into into play, but um, yeah, the snakes also reminded me of um, of uh, the Lion King, the hyenas from the uh, the Lion King. How they were kind of you know kind of joking and messing around and potentially lion, but you know they're just 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 being them. So was, I kind of got that vibe off of them. So, was, so that was kind of fun. Uh, but yeah, when the 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 main thing was that. Um, after reading this and seeing the preview page, it's kind of got me excited because it is um, uh, a, a, another team up is going to end up happening, but also a um, for or at least what it seems to be setting up uh, an RPG element uh, will, will be coming into play next issue, and I'm kind of uh, excited to see how that plays out, especially with mm-hmm. uh, how Jet McKay, who has written Magic Magic the Gathering as of late you know, just <laughs> uh, kind of do some things with that. So we shall see. All righty. Next up is for me, the one book that Roddy cat and I do not have in common. That is captain America. Number six. It's written by J. Michael Straczynski with pencils by land Medina inks by land Medina and Bellardino Bravo colors by Espen Grundichern. And letters by our favorite lettering Python VCs, Joe Caramagna. Now, I'm going to tread lightly here because Roddy Cat does intend to catch up on Captain America. I will say that um, it's a little weird for this opening arc in Straczynski's run on Captain America to involve magic because it's not something that we associate with Captain America. I think that the strongest part of the story is how. Straczynski weaves in obviously the yet to be told, you know, earliest days of Steve Rogers, right? This is fertile ground that was, you know, literally touched upon in the Captain America movie, right? And the first Avenger movie. And, you know, up until now, it was not something that people really cared to know Unlike the origin of Wolverine, which has been done and redone and, you know, as much as people want to keep that a mystery, they keep adding to it. Right. Cap has always been he was this way up until he took the super soldier serum and was doused, was uh, dosed in uh, Vita rays and became Captain America. Right. Knowing what he was like before that was never all that interesting, apparently. But now Straczynski's made it much more so. He's diving into it and really uh, setting up stories to be told in that uh, timeline, in that era, that is. Forget timeline. But I don't know how this whole magic thing comes into play, but I guess that's that's part of the connective tissue of it because there is, you know, that does tie into some of the flashback, some of the reasons for the flashback and how this character – or this this element, this magical element has kind of been around for a long time. 
So that's, I guess, the, uh, the, the, the one caveat I have about reading this. Um, but I, I, I liked it. It's good. Um, Medina's art in this was a little, was a little iffy at some points. But, you know, some, some pages I think were far more stronger than others. Ultimately, though, I think that this is, you know, an ongoing story. This is not over by any means. So, um, you know, it's it, it's not the the most ringing endorsement, but I liked it. It's it's good, and it does say more than just Cap beating up a magical uh, enemy with the aid of one uh, Stephen Strange. So, you know, there's there's more to this issue than that, and that's actually you know an excellent thing. And that's it for me. Gotcha. Taking a moment to give a shout out to um, one Dork Geekus, aka uh, Victor Von Gloom, who's in the, in YouTube chat. Uh, he's been around. How you well, doing, Von Gloom? Yeah, yeah. Um, we've been uh, talking back and forth on, on on Twitter in the last couple few. Uh, in, well, in the last few while, anyway. But um, go check that man out. He's doing some stuff on YouTube right now, so uh, you know, check him out. But he says that um, well, he didn't know that JMS was was writing Cap now, so he's like, he's got to check that out. Um, also, he apparently was he was the he read that man um the Halloween book. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. Uh, so. He was like he says uh it was it was um the the Halloween issue was okay, but the man in the mirror was way before his time as a Doctor Strange fan, so the reveal didn't really hit. So God. Yeah. It kind of struck us under because like neither one of us had read that issue, so it was like, uh okay. Weird. Uh that being the case. I feel like that's the second time I've thought of Michael Jackson's man in the mirror in the last week. <laughs> Don't I I don't know why, but anyway, go on. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. That's weird because also it's been that and a couple other songs has been coming up for me lately, <laughs> a, a good bit. So I don't know. That's kind of right. funny. But, you know, it's, I was about to say, did you see the uh, the We Are the World um, documentary on Netflix? I didn't watch. I hadn't watched it yet, but I did see it was out there. So yeah, it's it's I'm, actually pretty interesting. It's obviously, yeah. for for folks of our vintage, right, right. Daddy duties and diaper changing kids. Oh, I didn't know you were our dad, uh, Van Glo. All right, cool, cool. Congratulations. Cool. Yeah. Um, understood though. Understood. Our own uh, uh, Tim is is pretty much has been going through that uh, uh, in the last couple of a uh, couple of years. Actually, still kind of right. Yeah. Mm. So, but uh, let me go ahead and get to, to, to get, get back to uh, get back on track here with. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Saturday Morning Adventures Continued Number 10 Get out your shiny glove and moonwalk nice Written by Eric Burnham Art by Dan Shoning Letters by Ed Dukeshire So if you did not know This book is Set in the world of The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles And animated series of the 80s the original one not not this all that later stuff that's that came out and still coming out um with all of the jokes and therein uh with it uh in this particular uh case they're going back in time or at least one of them went back in time but apparently that was a short-lived um a short-lived thing because uh last issue or at least um or at least um, the last few issues, I guess, since since this got restarted, 
Uh, Shredder stole a, a meteor, made it into a sword, uh, went up against the turtles uh, last issue, but that sword got broke and sent him and Leo in the past, um, where this produ- story pretty much takes place until the, until it ends. But, you know, it's the turtles, and they have a friend who is a time traveler, and, of course, that doesn't... Um, that doesn't uh that doesn't last as long as I thought it would have. Let's just say, uh, one shout out to Benji Games too. What's going on, good sir? Glad to get you, glad you can make it through. Um, yeah, I think the issue, or the not the issue, but the um von Gloom asked if they were parodying Turtles of Time. I think the uh the um the cover, yes, and different is doing that. The story. In a way, yes, but not really, because like I said, it it there is some time travel that is done here, but um, it 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 ends up the end of, at the end of this issue because you know things are kind of back to the present. But Shredder has kind of found um, it, it by way of time travel has used uh, used um, used time travel to get to continue to get what he wants. Let's just put it that way. So this is this whole story. Uh, is going to be continued next issue. Yes, Renette is the uh, the 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 um, character who I did not know anything of. Uh, that is um, comes into play here. Or actually, the character has shown up a couple of different times, but they actually put her to work in a way. Uh, but yeah, apparently that was an '80s cartoon thing. I had to look that up because you know I had not read the original uh, Eastman Laird uh, run, so I did not know that at all. I thought it was from the. Um, from the the cartoon, mm. so, but that's that. And like I said, this is a part two of three in this uh, in this uh, storyline. So the next issue is probably going to be the uh, the end of that, as um, we might say, "Welcome to the Terradrome." Uh, if Shredder has his way. Next up, uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Whoops, the return. I'll try to speed this up a little bit more because I have a lot of books. Um. If I can find the stupid cover. There we go. There we go. Uh, it's written by one Pink Ranger, uh, Amy Jo Johnson and Matt Hudson, uh, illustrated by Nino Leon, colors by Francesco Segala with uh, Gloria Martinelli, and letters by uh, Ed Dukeshire. It's Gloria, not Gloris. There we go. So, um... Yes, that the character also was in the 2003 cartoons, which I never uh, watched. But um, so yes, so this uh, book is written by Amy Jo Johnson, which is original Pink Ranger or co-written, excuse me, by the original Pink Ranger. And I'm not entirely sure where this book uh, sits in relation to the other uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers books that are going on. Uh, it might be in there, but I'm not up on all, all of that to to be totally sure of that so not entirely sure but regardless what we have here is a i guess a present day slash uh future time in the the um in the power rangers where the original rangers are older apparently um they made uh a actually the juice bar the 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 youth center has been um has been a memorial is a pretty much a, a memorial to Trini, which is the original red ranger who, um, who actually died in real life. And there's also another tribute in here to, um, 
JDF, who was also who also died, who was Tommy on the show, uh, that they kind of put in here. But we have the rest of the Rangers or former Rangers, kind of uh, where they were or where they are now, so to speak. Uh, and it weirdly has some Netflix. If you've only seen the the 30th anniversary special. Uh, that came out like last year. It kind of has a similar vibe to that because a similar thing seemed like is happening is is going to be happening here. Um, but like I said, some of the former Rangers are kind of doing the thing. They're still kind of tapped in using their powers, but not like that. One of them's missing, so you know there's um, there's a hunt might be going on there. There's one of the Rangers who is the original Pink Ranger who's kind of trying to keep a low profile and uh, away from the old ranger stuff because of things going on in her life part of partially because of the, the loss of Tommy which is like they they kind of put in in this book um and and a couple of other things but it seems like she's going to get put back into um she's going to go back get go back into play some kind of way or uh, some aspect of her is because like I said, at the end of this uh, issue, something happens that is kind of, like I said, reminiscent of the Netflix uh, special. Um, and I won't go into that to, to, to give it away, but um, Rangers are, are, are pretty much forever. So this is not going to be into the end of that. Next up for me, um, Star Trek defiant number 11 Written by Christopher Cantwell, art by Mike Feehan, uh, inks by Maria Keen, and colors by Marisa Luis, and letters by Clayton Cowles. So, um, folks may or may not know this is the the Warfled book. Um, they've been disavowed by by Starfleet, uh, and doing kind of doing Starfleet's dirt. So, no, did we lose chat? What's going on? Okay, well, it doesn't matter. We'll get back to it. Um, so this is the, pretty much the last of their deeds. They're, they're basically picking up an old TOS uh, character who's kind of making their own, trying to make their own um, uh, kingdom for themselves, I would say. Um, and the the rest of the crew of the Defiance kind of like, why are we doing all of this? It doesn't mean that we, you know, we're going to get, you know, get put back into Starfleet or anything. So needless to say that, you know, they've had, they're having issues with what's going on. Um, but in the, the case of this issue, um, one of them goes on the cover, um, which ends up with look wharf ending up, um, entering the Kumite and, um, you know, things going along that line. And the mission goes kind of the way you would expect a Star Trek uh, mission to go on uh, before the end of this issue, which might lead to um, may lead to a Spider-Man cover, but I don't think you're going to put the, 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 the defiant in the trash if you know what I mean. So, but that is that. Yeah, they're kind of a they're kind of a black ops squad uh, Van Gloom, but they kind of don't want to be there. It's, some things happened in a, in an arc pre- pre- uh, previous to this that caused them to get, to get to that point. So it was kind of like they didn't have much of a choice. So, but you had you'd have to go back and read that stuff to uh, 
to check it out. Which I'm, you know, if you're a Star Trek fan, do because there's some good stuff between that and the Star Trek um, uh, uh, other ongoing that's going on. There's some good stuff there. Next up, uh, we got Star Wars. Uh, Mace window number one. Window, not window. Um, where'd it go? Mark uh, Bernardin, actually, I know Agent 70 knows that name well, who's doing the writing here. Pencils Mark by... Bernardin. Yep. Um, George's Jaunty is doing the pencils. Dex Divine does the inks. Colors by Andrew Dollhouse. And letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. So this, we've talked about this uh, in the past, or at least in the past couple of weeks, uh, because of this thing coming out. Um, so it's a younger Mace Windu, Clone Wars era, um, and he's, we see him pretty much in mid-mission, but that mission finishes and he gets another one from um, uh, Yoda, which sends him to find out who... I almost called it NOS, but it's not necessarily the case. Who's um, somebody made a new formula for hyperspace fuel, and if the wrong people get it, hey, you know that that could that that could lead to some bad things that that'll be out of their control because they they are pretty much the, the galactic police at this point. Um, so Mace Windu is sent to go and retrieve someone who just so happens to have that formula, which we meet a new character here who I hope has some legs, but you know. Um, well, they do have legs, but that's beside the point is what I'm talking about. Uh, but I'm sure with this, um, I believe this is a mini series and I can't remember how many, uh, issues, probably five though, uh, that, uh, this character and Mace are likely probably going to be getting closer to each other. But me saying that is probably saying that, yeah, that's probably something that that's not going to happen because, you know, inevitable, but we shall see but uh, otherwise that it was a pretty interesting first issue and um, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, where it goes from there now then here's probably one of the bigger ones for me of this week Ultimate Black Panther number one which um, uh, Agent 70 I I assume you were going to probably read this at some point yes yeah so I'm not going to spoil it it. I was going to say you can spoil it unless there's like something super uh, dramatic, like some sort of twist that that I'm apparently not expecting. Yes and no. I will say okay. that. I, I more so. There, no. Is there more MCUification? Mm, yes and no. Less okay. less so less so than you would think, though. Okay, I'll put it that way. Um, Actually, yeah, not. I would say not as much. I'll, I'll put. A, I'll just go so far as to say that because it is not as is not as not as much there. To do. Now that being said, there are some things that are different from even the MCU and the six one six because so for folks that don't know, this is the new Ultimate Universe, not the old Ultimate Universe where the Ultimates and therefore the MCU came out of. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but um. Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, let me get the credits uh, real quick. Um, written by Brian Hill, former guest of the show. Art by Stefano Caselli. Art's good in this. Um, color artist David uh, Curiel. And letters by BC's Corey Pettit. So in this particular uh, instance of the, the Ultimates, we still have the maker, you know, shenanigans is, is in play, but they don't, they don't show up here. Apparently, 
um, this version's version of the Crimson Twins, uh, who are pretty much acolytes of Ra and uh, a a uh, and um, the God of the Moon, who we all know pretty well at this point, are taking over our West African village. Uh, T'Challa, who is the king, gets word of this. He um, he um, makes a, a plan that's kind of not seen well with the, the ones around him. You know, but it kind of goes from there. And I will, I'm just going to leave it right there because what happens at the end may or may not have changed uh, um, things for that situation. So there is an event that happens uh, that we that we do see, but not in the way that we saw it in the MCU. Let's just put, well, not directly uh, one-to-one in the way that we saw it in the MCU, let's just say. And that might be a bit of a spoiler, but nevertheless, it's 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 there. Hopefully that is a, give you more intention to read it, though. Um, and also, there's a relationship that definitely wasn't in the MCU that is, um, that is uh, shown front and center here, which is kind of interesting to to me so um but we shall see i will get to those comments in a little bit as i finish up uh my books uh let's see da, 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 da. We did avengers we did that we did that sensational she hulk number five is my next book <clears throat> excuse me and i know agent 70 has been reading this book but probably uh we'll get to it or when he gets to it so this right. is a continued uh, team up between uh, She-Hulk, uh, Captain Marvel, and one Patsy Walker Hellcat. Uh, this is written by Rainbow Rowell, art by Iguara, color artist D. Kuniff, and letters by, of course, G- VCs Joe Caramagna. So, like I said, the the, um, the team up pretty much happens because they were all at a girls' night out and some demons um, uh, come and wreck the place. Which Patsy didn't too care much about, too much about. Uh, Jen and uh, Carol kind of have some amusing moments in in this as things are going by, and um, because of Patsy Walker, you can't really go too far with her without someone from her past coming uh, into play. Um, and I'll leave it at that. And also, uh, Captain Marvel gives uh, Jen a hard sell. Of which one we, I guess we should have known, we should have seen coming, but has not played out in the, in the other book with she's associated with. And that is uh, pretty much that one. Next book is Thanos number three of, actually, I don't know how many books, uh, how many issues this one is either. I did not, did not check it out before. Um, before coming into this, uh, written by Christopher Cantwell, art by Luca Pizzari with uh, Herman Peralta, color artist Ruth Redman, and letters by VCs Corey Pettit. So things pretty much came out um, uh, in this issue because if you did not know, and I'm not sure where this is or if this is a what if or whatnot, but there's a new version of the Illuminati around <clears throat> with uh, Emma Frost. In in in, uh, in in the mix and Blue Marvel, of which who neither of which were in previous iterations of the Illuminati, and apparently, 
uh, and they've been going after uh, Thanos and Hulk has been in the book or is in the book. Uh, and apparently there is a big thing or uh, a deal and a big secret that has come out in this book. And it's not a big secret that's like world shattering or anything, but within the context of this book, it is uh, for at the very least the 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 main character let's just say that he finds what he's looking for but ends up not finding out finding where he's trying to get back to let's just say uh which is going to lead to a very um knockdown drag out next issue from the way this book ends or it seems to end but we shall see how that uh goes down last book for me is Superman 78, The Metal Curtain, number four of six. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, written by Robert Venditti, art by Gavin Goodry, colors by Jordi Belair, and letters by Dave Lamphere. So, folks, if you've been keeping track of this one, this is set in the, the world of the 78, uh, the Christopher Reeve era um, Superman series. Um or Superman movie, excuse me, not series, but there is, there have been a couple of, uh, there has been another miniseries before this one in setting that same world. Uh, Metallo, who is a, um, a Superman hero, has got a new uh, set of, uh, a new suit that I thought looked familiar for some strange reason. And if you're watching the video version, you can see the cover. You can also see a certain uh, bald headed nemesis kind of come into play seemingly um, giving a helping hand to one Superman when Metallo comes to the States looking for a rematch. Um, and also answers the question I had about Metallo's said suit, because it was, it was a very familiar looking suit um, uh, in, in, in context of things. So, but of course Lex being Lex Luthor, we all know and sometimes loathe he does not do things without having a uh, wanting something. So we find out that that's going to be the case going into the next issue. We shall see how that works out next issue. And that is it for my books. Clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. <clears throat> so, uh, do you have yours before I start reading some of these, um, or are you still thinking? I have candidates. Okay. What you got? I have candidates. I really did like Fantastic Four number 17. Mm-hmm. And as much as I wanted to give it to Thundercats, I'm still kind of, you know, I, I think the look of it kind of killed, you know, like I like the the twist in the story, mm-hmm. but I think the, the, the altered looks kind of screwed with me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Be yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I would still throw Captain America number six in, even though I did not have like the most ringing endorsement for it. So I will go with those two. Doctor Strange also came in pretty close. Um, I like the bat story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like the, you know, as you were saying earlier, the, um, the, the, the appearance of the, um, the man in the mirror, um, uh, who's, who were not asking to change his ways. Apparently, um, we, we, uh, you know, we were taken more by surprise by that because we did not read that one issue. But right. ultimately, um, I just enjoyed that it was far more bats centric than um, than uh, 
than we were even led to believe. Right. At least in my opinion. So no, you're right. Those are my can those are my two candidates. The two main candidates are FF and Captain America. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you with the FF, definitely. Um Ultimate Black Panther's kinda in there. Some um Shield's kinda in there, but that's usually pretty good. So that's you know that's not really saying much between between us. Um, right, right. I, think I mean, are have... you saying it just didn't stand out? Like, is there more? I, 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 I missed it. Did you say that um, this uh, this crossover or or it's not necessarily a crossover, just the guest appearance by Captain Marvel? Is it over in this issue, or is it still carrying on to the next one? It seems to be over in this issue. Understand? Un- unless she ends up coming back, but. Um... Oh, right. at I least think, this, you know, it's, so it's like a two-story arc. I gotcha. Right. But there was a, a revelation that, that uh, I forgot to mention at the end of this that I didn't, that um, I've been wondering about whether it was going to come out or not. And that kind of gets answered near the end okay. of this, I'll say. Um, but yeah. Uh, but uh, let's see, what did I say? Um, the, 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 the Thundercats kind of is, is it, Thundercats is in there. Uh, Defiance usually pretty good, so I'm not sure if I'm putting it in there, but it's up there. Ultimate, um, Ultimate Black Panther, uh, FF, and Doctor Strange is is kind of in the running. Uh, but mainly, um, Ultimate Black Panther, Doctor Strange, FF. You know, and Thundercats is kind of teetering out there. So uh, while I'm thinking about it, uh, I'm going to say. Probably, I think I'll go. Well, oh, I'll, you already got go, go, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think I'm going to go with FF. Okay. It's not a bad pick. I liked it. I liked it. It was just very, you know, the the, the Braille touch was excellent. Yes. That is kind of what's tipping it for me as well. Because I was like, okay, that was novel. I wasn't expecting that to be the case or that to even come up. Um I give North a lot of credit. Like, you know, his stories have been pretty good, but there have been very subtle additions to the FF canon that I think other creators are going to tap into going forward. One I really hope. like some of these. Right. One would hope. Or at least, at the very least, kind of let, let themselves express a little bit more. Because, like, Al Ewing is kind of already kind of already been doing with a lot of his stuff, you know, and he, and he keeps kind of fun. Ryan North, you know, has been doing some solid stories and, and has been doing, you know, having some fun with a, a lot of them as well. So I, let's hope that's a trend that continues to be um, the case going forward. One would hope. Uh, so that's Agent 70s. Mine is... Um, hmm... Hmm. So, as much as I hate to be, I know I feel I feel like I'm, if I say this, I, I'm going to be a mark because one, I, I, there's one or two of them that would be like, yeah, of course you picked that one because people, if if you know, you know, you know where I usually go in situations like this is like, yeah, okay, sure, wouldn't be surprised. Um, but that being this case, um. Hmm. You know what? No, I am going to do it. Uh, Star Trek Defiant number eleven. I but shout out to uh, Ultimate Black Panther number one. Definitely, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, checking that book out a little bit more. Um, but Star Trek Defiant uh, continues to be 
uh, good and fun and whatnot, especially this particular issue of which um, there were some folks that were very happy to be uh, going on this plan that was kind of popped up at the last minute. (coughs) Excuse me. That that happens during the course of this issue. Mm. And with that, we're going to go into the news section. But first, let me read off a couple. Uh, and first, Henry, but first, let me read off a couple of these um, 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 comments here. So yeah, dope. Uh, Starfleet Black Ops Squad book. See, that's that's Starfleet the, the Black uh, uh, the Starfleet the, the Flyant. Uh, Ultimate Black Panther might lead me to drop the regular series because it's so much better than the mainstream uh, Black Panther has been for a while. I mean that's that's from uh, well these all of these are from Von Gloom. Yeah, I mean I I, I kind of understand that. I feel yeah. like the current Black Panther story is breaking new ground, as it were. Yeah, and there's a lot of world building, and you have to get through the slog of the world building in right. order to get to hopefully a decent payoff and hopefully a deeper understanding of Wakanda beyond the capital city. Right. Which is, I think, the whole point. Mm-hmm. But anyway, go on. No, you're right. You're right. It's kind of taking him back to street level, like he, like what happened when he took over for Dead Devil, but just in, the, in in a country near his, or in his country, rather, I should say. Right, but in a different city, not in right. the capitals. Exactly. So, uh, the old Ultimate Black Panther was a mute snake-eyes knockoff with retractable claws. I vaguely remember anything from the old Ultimate Universe, so you, you got me on that one. Uh, I guess there's a certain Hellish X. Yes, that from that is definitely the case from She-Hulk. <laughs> and uh, Shimon, he's wicked and his soul is full of poo-poo. I guess oh, that's a, the, <laughs> the Michael Jackson references. <laughs> oh, yes. no, no, they're flying left and right now. Yeah. You really got to watch that We Are The World documentary. Yeah, oh, yeah, I plan to. I just hadn't gotten around to it just yet. So, uh, But I knew it was out there. That being said, uh, we're going to get to the f- uh, our first ad read. Sure, I was about to say uh, it's a good thing I was not watching the uh, the Ranger game because it went into overtime, but the Rangers went in overtime just now. It's kind of uh, what, what had your attention. <laughs> yeah, our first ad read of the night is for Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door, from rosé to cabernet to toronte. Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member and you can skip or cancel any time. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash W-I-N-C. Wink Wines through CSPN. Do it today. Now we get into the news. Oops, sorry. Um, news time. We start off with cinematic news as we do about this time. We're going to start off with some sadly, um, some sad news, actually. And I'm actually going to take these first three since they're all related. Um, sorry. <clears throat> Oops, come on. Get there. Get there. Get 
Oh yeah, I mean we we talked about this just before the show, and this is uh, you know we wanted to make sure we talked about um, uh, this. You know we we already started with uh, our rapid fire review tribute. Indeed, indeed. And why is this not going? That's well, I get to that in a second, I guess. Um, Car Weathers, um, football star, uh, I turned actor. Uh, y'all know him from Rocky. The Mandalorian, uh, Happy Gilmore, etc., etc. Jobs, yes, etc., etc., etc. Has passed away at the age of seventy-six. Uh, we know the cause of death now, and it is heart disease. I won't say that name again <laughs> that I said before the show, but it's heart disease. Um, he died on February second at twelve eighteen a.m. Um, and uh, obviously, there has been a lot of uh, outpouring of you know, uh, um, uh, uh, of sympathy and whatnot, uh, for the character that's come out, including one that I saw, um, a little bit ago, which I won't say because it has something to do with, um, a person who should be persona non grata, um, from one of the last, um, um, uh, uh, things he, he worked in, uh, or last, uh, uh, projects he worked in, um, but yeah, there is that. So, oh, actually, and the last um, part of that was that uh, while he has passed on, it uh, won't be the last time you see him, or, or at least you will see him one last time because he will be appearing in a Super Bowl commercial, which the Super Bowl is, if I'm not mistaken, this weekend as of this mm-hmm. recording. Is that right or is it next weekend? No, it's this weekend. Okay, so I was right, yeah. So, yeah, he's doing a commercial. He was in a commercial for FanDuel, and uh, that's going to show, So, which will be the um, potential, unless he had some projects that are out there that that he did uh, d- did before his passing, um, the one that we see him in uh, next, and possibly last. So, next up. I don't know, unless you had something to say about... You know, about things no no i mean at the end of the day you, you know we we saw his arc as a character as an and as an actor which is which is incredible to see right not every actor not every person gets that opportunity that longevity in their career the op, you know the the, the the variety of roles in order to see someone really expand on their on their body of work and to really explore other parts of their personality and their and their uh, and their character you know we saw the ex-athlete who idolized muhammad ali right that's obviously who he's taking a lot of apollo creed from but then we saw him turn into you know the an, an 80s action star who should have been in more movies to be honest and, you know, he was probably like a half generation too early. You know, he was like in that mid, he was, he was in between actually, he's in between black exploitation and like nineties, like heavy action, right? Like Wesley Snipes, you know, like bad boys, you know, uh, you know, can you imagine if he had been around for, you know, uh, that for, for that, uh, kind of rebirth of the action era in like the late eighties and early nineties? You know, if he had been in his prime, that is. Right. Right. 
Oh, um, Action Jackson. Sorry, I figured that that was the one I got because I actually low key love that movie. Right, right. No, but my point being that like he was like just like that half generation too early, or or like or, or better better put, I think in between. Yeah, but then we saw him explore in his uh in in his like more middle age years like you know i didn't realize he was on arrested development is that is that the show that he was on he was i I never watched arrested development so i did not know he was on that i obviously saw him in happy gilmore well i think he i think he kind of it was like a guest appearance and i can't remember if he was playing himself because i remember i remember seeing like clips of of the show he wasn't like on the show regularly i don't think but he was like kind of you know maybe he was like a regular guest appearance i think so guest star Right, so. right, right. So he didn't have like a, a he had like a, a smaller recurring role, I guess. But bottom line is, I did not know he was on that. Right. And, you know, we'd seen him obviously in Happy Gilmore. That was great. And then mm-hmm. he made his recent resurgence on The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And it was just, you know, it was great to see him kind of, you know, go in different directions. And like I said, it's 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 a it's a great it's a great thing to be able to have you know, to, to, to be able to see that kind of uh, evolution and, and, and uh, expansion on a body of work. Right. So, but yes, uh, rest in power, good sir. You know. Absolutely. I actually, probably will go back and watch Action Jackson at some point soon. Right. right. And or, as you said before the show, Predator. Right, exactly. Uh, uh, I was saying before, either Predator, Rocky, or both. Mm. You know, like original. You know, Rocky one and two, three is always three always makes me laugh because of uh, uh, them working together finally. Right. And then and four is always sad because of uh, if he dies, he dies. Yeah. You know, and, and he does. So no, nah, I'm not exactly. doing that one. Definitely. I, I mean, four. like I always fa- I hate to say this. I always I kind of fast forward past that part. Fair. If I can. No, that's fair. You know, I don't want to see this again. I'd right. rather see, you know, America be Russian. <laughs> <laughs> Right, and right. I always fast forward to the training sequence in the mountains, right? Yeah. When 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 rocks in the in the in in Siberia doing his training, that's when I try to fast forward to. Right, which is totally fair, totally fair. Anyway, so. next up, Jeremy Renner says he will be quote strong enough for MCU return after his snowplow incident accident. So he has chronicled his recovery journey. Over the past year and officially returned to work in January, filming the third season of Mayor of Kingstown. Now he is back in front of the camera. Renner told Entertainment Tonight that he is, quote, ready to answer the call if Marvel Studios wants him back as Hawkeye. Good for him because that was a scary story when that came out. Right. So. And luckily, I mean, yes, there is a a, a certain bit of physicality to Hawkeye. But I suspect, you know. While he is, you know, has been on the mend, he's probably there's still some probably some stuff he still couldn't do. So, you know, and I know he's also doing. Um, I don't know if he's actually been in the last couple of uh, Mission Impossible movies, but I know he did at least did one of them. So I don't know if they're, but I think that's probably coming to wherever it is. So, like you said, good for him. Uh, next up, uh, uh, Shang Chi Star says we need to give the people a sequel because you know. Sure. Uh, Simu Liu joined the superhero fatigue conversation, apparently, and shared his support for the genre, teasing the upcoming Shang-Chi 2. Uh, February 1st, Simu Liu hopped on threads uh, to share his support for the genre. Um, And apparently, 
He has, has declared himself an unabashed fan of the superhero as a genre, quote unquote. So, sure. I mean, I would hope so. He's the star of the movie. Well, I mean, you know, you don't necessarily have to to get that check, All but, right. you know, it All helps. Right. Definitely helps. Right. I don't know. So, anyway, next up. 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 So, apparently it's official. Pedro Pascal will be Mr. Fantastic, a.k.a. Reed Richards, in a post on uh, Instagram. Um, Fantastic Four director Matt Shackman, um, he put in a story officially – uh, posted that he will that uh, Pascal will play uh, Reed. So yeah, this was put out uh, in uh, SAG AFTRA uh, uh, news or not news, but like it's a, a listing. Uh, right. Yeah, listing. So you know what? I'm okay with it. I'm not happy with it, but I'm okay with it. You I know, mean, I like Pedro Pascal as an actor. I just don't see him as Reed Richards. It's just a visual thing. Well, I mean, who? I mean, well. Yeah, there is that. And I mean, I was going to say, like, the only other person they would probably get is who's Krakinski, who's already made that turn. Yeah, who's already made that turn. So, um, you know, people like Pedro Pascal. So it was, you know, it it was probably somewhat of an inevitability Mm -hmm. to where people were going to want them because I know that's been kind of out there. Um, So he's probably going to need to lose like drop a little bit of weight i think because i think he's a little on the stockier side that's never stopped him before and they're probably just gonna give him in a suit you know as as we have seen in in, with other characters that's never really stopped him but i'm like yeah i'm okay with this also but as as long as it doesn't um interfere with the mandalorian stuff um Mm -hmm. one but also it's kind of like, you know, I like the guy, guy also, but they could really find somebody else for this. They don't necessarily like, hey, he's the popular favorite. This doesn't have to be the case all the time. Right. So that I guess that is of a similar nature where I am with it. So, hey, hopefully it works out. Now I just got to get the rest of that uh, whole thing situated and see what we come up with. Uh, next up, though, uh so we talked about last week that Kevin Con- Conroy, uh, aka the voice of Batman, would uh, potentially um, be back to well, we'll going to not be back, sorry, but but uh, will have um, a couple of other roles that his voice will be lended to, and one of them has been confirmed not to be the case. Um, so apparently, Bruce Tim, who is the producer on Batman: The Cape Crusader, says that. Uh, Kevin Conroy would not appear in that series um, because apparently he, it was confirmed that he never got a chance to record his lines for that show uh, before he passed. So, uh, so we, so we know Conroy is going to be in Crisis on the Infinite Earths. Uh, the the three part of that is coming up. Um, he definitely was in the Suicide Squad video game that just came out. So. Uh, it seems as though uh, Crisis on Infinite Earth is probably going to be the last, uh, uh, the last recordings of of um, of uh, Batman slash Bruce Wayne in animated form. Um. Oh, um, uh, Von Gloom says Neil Patrick Harris worked for Reed in his headcanning. I. Kind of can see that, I guess. Um, 
So maybe if Marvel allowed the television and movie creative team to read the source material, the fans would receive better content. I, I think it's probably a little bit more than that, but I, cause I, cause they do have some, uh, book creatives, you know, um, as, um, as, as a uh, creative consultants on a lot of that stuff. So I, I can't say we could, that would change anything with the MCU. So, or at least by much, but who's to say anyway, next up. All right. According to the rap, Amazon, Netflix, <clears throat> and Paramount plus not plus plus were more than interested in securing the rights to debut coyote versus Acme, the film for themselves after Warner brothers changed stances and gave the filmmakers behind the live action CGI hybrid project, a chance to shop it around to other studios. Each of the studios reportedly submitted handsome offers but apparently they all fell short of the figure uh, Warner Brothers Discovery wanted. Considering it was a project that they were just going to get rid of in the first place, I, f- I find that slightly bunk. But also, I think, I don't know if this article says it or another one was like, yeah, some Warner Brothers executives hadn't even seen the project. Mm. But still was kind of turning folks down for it. So I was like, okay, well, that's... But also on brand for... for WP at this point because they don't even know what the hell they're doing. Um, Masters of the Universe reveals massive He-Man and Skeletor connection, confirms 38-year-old tease. And this is, I guess, spoilers for Masters of the Universe Revolution, which is out on Netflix. Um, And I feel like this particular quote-unquote spoiler is something that came out in a book or two. But it says here that there's this new origin story for Skeletor, who is actually Keldor, the brother of King Randor. And I feel like that's definitely come out in a, um, a Masters of the Universe book that wasn't related to this prior to this. Um, but it does say here that the connection uh, between He-Man and Skeletor has been hinted at before, including a, a comic book tie-in from 38 years ago. I think from what I remember was a little bit uh, more recent than that. But hey, tis what it is. So, spoiler alert if you hadn't seen that yet, which I hadn't seen none of, neither one of those, uh, the one prior to this and this one. So, next up. All right. Oh, it's good that you got this one. Why? You'll see. So, The Lord of the Rings, The War of the Rohirrim, a new anime adaptation set 250 years before the original trilogy, is scheduled to release in December 2024. Um, Despite, you know, the challenges, this movie has the potential to set a new box office record for the franchise. Because if it it earns 200 million, it will make The Lord of the Rings a six billion dollar franchise. That's kind of crazy. Q Steve so Austin. It's released December 13th, 2024. Right. I can't believe it's almost 10 years after the last Hobbit film, which I never saw in theaters. And that uh, Amazon show is still kind of out there in the wind. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's kind of wild. But yeah, you being Lord of the Rings fan, I figured you'd, uh, you'd appreciate that. Sure. <laughs> Um, Von Gloom says that the 2002 show did the same thing, talking about the uh, the last art- article and the Sealy book. I think the Sealy book is the one I was I was thinking about. Um, and he also says the 2002 Human was good. The Cartoon Network canceled it too soon. If it's the one mm-hmm. I'm thinking about, I don't I'm not sure about that. But it, yeah, you know that's kind of how things happened. 
Uh, Beetlejuice 2 gets oh, wait, a cl- I'm sorry. I, I didn't chime in on this. I actually What's watched that? this. What? what? The, the Masters of the Universe revolu- uh, Revolution, that is. Oh, okay. I watched it. I, I meant to chime in, but I, uh, I was busy reading the Lord of the Rings article. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. No problem. So wait, so did you read, did you watch the one? I assume you watched the one before it also that yes, led into this. Yes. Yeah. How was it? It was good. It was good. It's fun. It's still very jarring to hear Mark Hamill be Skeletor because there are definitely elements of the Joker in there. Yeah. But ultimately, I think the updates to the story are, are, are pretty good. Are pretty good, right? I feel like I, I watched like a, the first like minute or two of that first one, and I was like, I'll come back to this at some point. So, Understood. Yeah. Because, or matter of fact, yeah. Because I think it got to a point where something happened, and I was like, oh yeah, I definitely need to come back to this, and 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 I didn't. So, so actually, it was probably more than that. I think I watched that because like that whatever that first half was. So, either way, okay. Um, Beetlejuice two gets a clever new title and first poster. So, yeah, there's going to be a, a new Beetlejuice movie, and it's called Beetlejuice Beetlejuice. Say it one more time, and it appears. Which I, I doubt they'll do that for the next one, if there is a next one. Um, and it's going to, and here's the poster if you're watching the video version, and it's going to come out uh, September 6, 2024, which I know Agent 70 and I talked about um, after the last show or the show before last because we were looking through um we were seeing what the uh what the what the um what the protocol schedule was going to be like for this year and it's grim <laughs> so because they ain't there's not a whole lot to the uh that we we're probably going to go on movie protocol for uh not for a while yeah as of right now yeah, a Beatles Juice sequel after like 30 plus years. I mean, hey, it's not the first time they've done a sequel like that. Hey, Tron was done after 30 years. A uh, sequel to Tron was done after 30 years. So, and there's another one coming. So, won't, not the first, probably won't be the last. Next up, though. All right, so apparently there's going to be a Sonic the Hedgehog 3 movie. And Jim Carrey is coming back with some more uh names that have been linked as new cast members but we don't know what roles they're going to be playing so in in addition to jim carrey Kristen ritter is joining the movie with Alyssa brown james woke sophia pernas crystal fernandez and horma tacone okay only two names on that list are 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 ones that i know of and one that i actually know would probably know by sight um or person that would know by sight actually um Chris Ritt is also doing that uh, Orphan Black sequel, uh, prequel thing, which I don't think has come out yet. So, um, interesting. Speaking of that Sonic, uh, speaking of Sonic, um, Sonic spinoff Knuckles will premiere, will hit um, Paramount Plus on April 22nd, or 26th, excuse me. It's going to be six episodes where Knuckles the Echidna, who's the side character in the Sonic universe, is going to be training a human to become a warrior. Um... Hopefully there won't be uh, another interspecies kiss like that one video game, folks. Um, or maybe there will be. Who's to say? Um, apparently Idris Elba is once again voicing uh, Knuckles and will be training Adam Pally, who is a name I feel like I've seen before, but I, I would have to see his face. I don't know. I feel like I've seen that name before, but I don't know. 
And David goes into retirement. I'm not sure what that means, but oh, Jim Carrey's retirement. Yeah, you know, I guess, you know, got bills to pay. <laughs> so uh next up though. All right. Uh Sonic Creator is behind Toei's most ambitious anime feature ever. So um Toei Animation's newest film features a story and characters from Naoto Oshima, creator of Sonic the Hedgehog, called Hypergalactic. Hypergalactic inter I don't know, anyway. Yeah, that's uh, right there. Uh, new film is described as the studio's most ambitious film to date. All right. So yeah. Hypergalactic this- is an English language CG action adventure. Okay. Yeah, no, that's, that's you you pretty much said it. Um there's a couple of names involved in this, and I'm like, that's something, I guess. Um, which, but this article also puts us square into the I anime love, corner. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. You were saying, oh, we're going into the anime corner. That's right. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to add that uh, it's interesting that the article uh, cites um, J.K. Simmons as being in Whiplash. I'm like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> seriously? <laughs> It's Polygon. That, that, you know, that, that stuff happens. I'm just saying. But also, yeah, I'm kind of surprised also because, yeah, it's like, okay, you could say the Spider-Man movies. You could say um, um, Invincible at this point. You know, but Whiplash of all things. Right. <laughs> that is kind of funny how, how articles do that. So, anyway, But anyway, Anime Corner. Anime Corner. All righty. Let's pick a good one out. I haven't played that in a while. Yeah, no, I gotta. I just, you just reminded me. I have to rip my um. I mean, excuse me, archive my uh my my Blu-ray collection of that that I just uh pulled out. But um, actually, I was kind of expecting you to to, to pull up something else. But you will have a chance to do that in a little bit. Uh, Spy Family Code White uh, is coming to North American theaters April nineteenth. So if you're caught up on Spy Family, and I don't know why you should shouldn't be, although I am not, so I can't talk. Uh, no, no. <laughs> um, uh, you will be you are already prepared for the coming of uh, the Forger family uh, in theater form so and apparently the, the North America is not the only place this this uh, being released but of course you know given where we are it's the only one we kind of care about <laughs> specifically um, the movie will be available in English subtitles and dubbed, apparently, according to this article. Hey, they put it out in the dub for the little kids. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. There are the, we, we're not going to dub shame here, but we, we're, we're subs around this camp. So, mm-hmm. well, subtitles, excuse me. I forgot there's, there's a subject that might take that a different way. Um, but yeah, I'm, I will definitely find myself trying to be, um, caught up by the time this comes out in April. So, which actually brings us to the next story, by the way. So Funimation's app will officially sunset in April. Funimation subscribers can access their anime history and queue on Crunchyroll by merging their accounts. So um, April 2nd, 2024 is the last day of the Funimation website and app services. So since the 2021 announcement of Funimation folding into Crunchyroll, anime fans have had the option to subscribe to both. 
while Crunchyroll intermittently migrates Funimation's catalog onto the platform. Now, Funimation user, users, while two months to either cancel their subscription or merge their Funimation and Crunchyroll accounts before Funimation sunsets. Um, uh, let's see here. Yeah, so you can combine Funimation and Crunchyroll data and uh, that. I actually had to do this I on my Crunchyroll account. I did, yeah. Matter of fact, I did it right before the show, actually, because um, I logged into Crunchyroll and then it gave me the prompt. I'm like, oh, yep. okay. Which yep. I hadn't used Funimation, and I don't know how long, so it didn't really matter that much. But the kicker in this article, which has some people upset, is that if you bought any digital purchases from Funimation, you know, from Funimation, you no longer have access to those. Yikes. Yeah. Oh, and the other kicker is uh, Crunchyroll's prices are going up. Like everything else. Yeah. And I believe I saw the price is going to be 100 So it's 80 now for a yearly. Um, so uh, I think it's going to, uh, if I saw correctly, it's going up to 100 Wonderful. Yeah. So if you um, are, well, if, if, you're, if your subscription is about to come up uh, anytime soon, you might want to just go ahead and, and uh, I don't know, go and get a gift certificate for... <laughs> for um for eighty now and deal with that next year, yeah. Um, right. But you have until April second, and I'm not sure when the new pricing structure is going to come in, but I but likely it's probably going to be around the same time. Right. So next up, though, um, Haikyuu the movie decisive battle at the garbage. Oh come on, what are you doing? At the garbage dump runtime has been revealed. There we go. Um. Uh. So yeah, I don't know. Is it, is it seven eight? Do you care? Uh, how long it is? Yes. Kind of. I mean, I know it's not going to be that long. It's animation. It's never going to be like two hours plus. Nope. One hour twenty five minutes. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. February sixth. Uh, it's hitting theaters in Japan starting on February sixteenth. Um, I'm not sure. Does it say when it's going to come? They have not released. They have not released details of when it's coming yeah. to the states. So there you go. I mean, they just now released uh, the Spy X family or the Spy Family one. You know right. the, the the news on that. So I feel like that obviously has a uh, you know it's a it's a hotter anime. It's 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 uh, current. So I understand why that news is out there. You know, I would think that there's some uh, there's some undercurrent of Haiku fandom out there that will want to see this in the theaters. Oh yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> in addition to me, yes, that I'm sure I'm very certain there are definitely. Um, you know, because there's if if anime and manga can tell you anything, there there is a um, a swelling of fandom for pretty much almost any. You know, in any um, notable uh, anime or manga. So, mm-hmm. especially one that had gotten had, as popular as Haikyuu had. So, right. And this is the first of two movies. Correct. So, it's an hour and 25. If you put it together, it's an hour 25 with probably another hour 25. Quite likely, yeah. So... Um, uh, Van Gloom says, 100 for a yearly. Guess that's cheaper than other subscriptions yearly. Not... I'm not entirely sure about that 
But Crunchyroll being the bigger of those ones, you know, there is that. Because I know, I think, like, High Dive is probably, like, seven a month. I'm not sure how much it is, uh, or seven or eight months a month. I'm not sure how much it is uh, yearly, if if it even has a yearly. So, and, and I guess in comparison to, like, a, if you put Netflix into the um, into the equation, probably? Hmm. Um... Um, it's it's just tough now because you know they're obviously in the midst of trying to crack down on the password sharing. Yes, and you know we're, we're, we we still have not seen, but it's not it can't be far away. Like yeah. actual cracking down, right? So we'll see how all that flies. True. Um. Uh. Is Haikyuu a sports anime? Yes, it's volleyball. Oh yeah, volleyball. Hmm. And is High Dive any good? I don't know. I haven't really messed with High Dive. I've I've been wanting to kind of go um, go on it and kind of check it out. Also, Retro Crush is out there, and that's still pretty cheap. Um, but that also shows, as as the name would apply, older anime, a lot of older anime than say Crunchyroll. Um, probably has, although it does have a good share of that also. So, like I said, there's stuff out there, there's stuff that's still cheaper, but it's what's on those platforms is going to be the key for a lot of people. No, Retro Crush is still free, but you can pay for it for, for some other reason. But I think you get, because you get ads, you know, a lot of them are going ad-based uh, at this point. Uh, High Dive might be the same way, but I'm not entirely sure about that. Uh, but anywho, we are going, oh no, we're still in the manga corner, so... Uh, Marvel announces Spider-Man, Octogirl, and X-Men Volume 1 manga titles from Viz Media. Uh, Both of said titles will be available in fall 2024. Um, So yeah, this is, I guess, coming off the heels of Deadpool, Samurai, and Spider-Man Fake Red. And I would also put in... um, What was that? Spider-Man and Iron Man one. Reverse reverse them, but I don't know if that was Viz Media or not. So I might be wrong about that part. Uh, but another in the long line, uh, another in a line of um, uh, Marvel-related manga, which also reminds me of wanting to go back and check out that uh, those um, X-Men anime that might still be on Netflix, but I'm not entirely sure, and I don't think they have it on Disney Plus. So I don't know. Tentacles and anime seem a bit suspicious. I mean, look, it's Doc Ock. What are you? What are you going to do? Yeah, this yeah. art. So the 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 um. The video version, you can see the um, cover for the Spider-Man one. And uh, I guess they're going with Liv's version of Doc Ock as a little girl. I I don't know. So, either way. Oh, wait. So, I'm I'm just going to read a little bit of this. After a battle with Spider-Man, the evil genius uh, scientist Dr. Octopus falls into a coma. Sounds familiar. When he wakes up, his consciousness is in the body of Atoha uh, Okutsumiya, a middle school school girl in Tokyo. Sounds very familiar. Um, Mm -hmm. Thus begins the strange school life of Spider-Man's biggest rival as a normal Japanese girl. So, that is... uh, so no, Otto doesn't have a kid. He's just his mind is inhabiting a kid's body in this manga. So, yeah. And then the X Men one, I'll uh, looks like a English uh, looks like a manga edition of the animated series from what this um, uh, cover looks like. So cool. Next up, 
All righty. So in an effort to remind us all that, uh, you know what? I'm waiting for my uh, sound effects to refresh. Where is it? Oh, my God. What, what could it be? How did I lose it? That's uh -oh. so crazy. What it is is... Oh, yeah, I'm getting too old for this shit. There it is. Because Marvel is set to create an omnibus of the Danny Ketch era of Ghost Rider, which is the Ghost Rider from our high school years. Mm -hmm. And college years, really, from, you know, for, for, for us. So for us, yeah. bottom line is... This will be a 1,216-page hardcover, which will collect several books, including primarily the 1990 Ghost Rider run, issues 1 through 24. And, yeah, that's, that's wild, man. I know that run of Ghost Rider went on for a while. But, um, you know, this is, I guess, the first chunk of this omnibus. Yeah. Pretty wild. You know they're going to get that money. Um, and there are... Surprisingly enough, uh, probably a good number of Danny Ketch fans over over Don, Johnny Cage. I mean, uh, Johnny. Uh, no, it is Johnny, Johnny Cage. Johnny Blaze. Excuse me. I don't know why I mix it up those two. I mean, the, to me, they're equal because they brought Blaze into the back into the Marvel universe around, uh, universe around this time. You know, for me, that's just my own personal take. Right. Mm. I always liked the Ketch design. Right. You know, the, the Ghost Rider that uh, Saltaris and Teixeira put together is always just very striking to me, you know, because it's black and gray and with the chain. You know, the chain is the one thing that they brought in that right. has stayed and, 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 and even kind of uh, moved over to the Blaze version of, of, uh, of uh, Ghost Rider. Right. Um... And I still play Ghost Rider once in a while as a character on uh, Marvel vs. Capcom. <laughs> there we go. I was wondering if it was going to come back to that. <laughs> He's fun. Yeah, I mean, sure. He, yes, yes, he was and is. Um, um, to answer uh, Von Gloom's question, I'm not sure. It doesn't say in this article whether it's, um, and I'm not, I'm not familiar with a lot of that stuff, whether it will include the Noble Kale stuff. That I'm not mm. entirely sure. Uh, but if you can see the, what's uh, what's collected out of this, it might be able to give you an idea, but I'm not entirely sure. I think this predates the Noble Kale stuff, but I'm not sure. Gotcha. Uh, but uh, actually, Von Gloom says that Danny, Danny was his Ghost Rider, um, right. like Kyle Rayner is his, his uh, uh, Green Lantern. So there you go. Oh, with that awful face mask. But anyway. <laughs> and the fridging. Um, anywho... Yes, that, that's, that's the only thing I'm thinking about with, with Kyle Rayner, even though he has, he has progressed as of late. Um, speaking of Ghost Rider, uh, Ghost Rider names Marvel's most important human alive, which sounds like something out of Terminator. Uh, and this is a spoiler for The Incredible Hulk number eight, of all things. Um, which, 87, you were reading that. Did you fall off or you? I fell a little bit. Mm. I skimmed this and I saw that uh, this is a different version of Ghost Rider. Right. And it's a very interesting premise. But, you know, there's a lot of, like, really dark things happening in the pages of <laughs> Hulk right now. So, you know, sometimes the art gets a little muddy for me. Mm. But, you know, the, the story's okay so far. Gotcha. Which Nick Lane usually does some, some fairly decent art. Yeah, it's just, I think it's the, it's the art and the coloring, mm -hmm. you know, together. Especially, uh... 
you know, because uh, this is like a, a very dark story. It's it just got a little muddy for me. Excuse me. So, uh, something about the Hulk and his new sidekick, Charlie, joined the community of migrant worker, workers and that the child and his family was a part of. Um, it's, uh, it's not the Hulk who was in danger, but the creatures that followed him into the community. And I guess the, the, the kid he's with is the one that is uh, the, the John Connor of this particular story. So, mm-hmm. uh, for reasons, but okay. And Ghost Riders, there's a version of Ghost Rider here for a reason also. Next up. Uh, there we go. Uh, Ultimate Black Panther's second printing explores a new vision of Wakanda. So, yeah, uh, Ultimate Black Panther already got a second printing um, and will return to comic shops on the 13th. Um, there was a part of that that I forgot, I neglected to mention, but it is still a thing, but um, that if Agent Seven is going to read it, he might want to read for himself. Sure. Um, so I'll let him get it back and get to me when he gets to get to reading on that, if it's something that is impressed upon him. Uh, but yeah, if you're watching the video version, you can see the uh, the second printing variant cover with the various characters on it. Um, yeah. Oh. Uh, part of which might be a spoiler to some folks or, or, or not, but hey. Um, it's worth checking out, I believe. Next up. <clears throat> All right, so we have a preview here from the pages of Marvel.com for Ms. Marvel, Mutant Menace number one. It is, again, written by Amon Valani and Sabir Perzada, and uh, the art is by Scott Scott Godlewski. Um, and this is... Uh, you know, exploring Kamala Khan's mutant identity in Ms. Marvel Mutant Menace number one. This is going to be coming out soon, mm-hmm. March 6th. Yep. And you can see a preview page in the um, in the article right there. Uh, Von Gloom says, I'm curious to see if there will be an ultimate M'Baku. I know people have been asking about that later, and I don't think Brian Hill's been saying one way or another. But I think outside of uh, stay tuned from what I've seen on his Twitter. So I'm actually kind of also kind of curious of that, but we shall see. Um, some good news or some sad news, depending on where you lie on on this particular um, field. Uh, speaking of fields, Deadpool co-creator Rob Liefeld uh, is retiring from the character after 33 years. <laughs> I saw his very long Twitter post or um, uh, when this. Uh, when he announced it, I'm sitting like, you were really long-winded there, pal. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Wait, is it is it on here? Because I've like, I know, remember Twitter used to have a, a, a character limit? I think he might have busted that joke wide open. Um, actually, wait, here, I will pull it up right here. But um, paraphrases said like he had his time, yada, yada, yada. I don't know. I'm not I'm not very crazy about whatever, whatever, or Deadpool for that matter. But yeah, if you're watching the video for second uh, video version, you can see the length of this whole of his um, of his Twitter post, um, along with the caption, along with a bunch of uh, covers that I, I guess he did or, or whatever the case may be. So he says he does say I'll I'll complete this journey with over a thousand pages alongside my uh, mercenary misfit. So I'll finish this one last Deadpool story, and trust me, it's a wild one, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But that's just in the middle 
of this whole thing. Um, oh, yeah, that's going to be released this summer, so. Cool. But, I mean, I know Deadpool's not going anywhere, but, hey. <laughs> I, I guess that's good. The, the funny part about it is I've seen other people who have nothing nothing to do with it. Uh, just like, I, too, am uh, retiring from the the character of Deadpool, which has been kind of funny. So, there <laughs> When he isn't ranting about something, when isn't he ranting about something? He's been a grumpy old man the longest. Yeah, Liefeld's kind of been out there. That's why I don't really pay him that much attention. But forget it. Hey, that's news. Right. I'm circling back to a, a story. Okay. Um, Moon Knight and Miss Marvel TV writer Sabir oh, Kurzak yeah. um, is making his debut in creator-owned comics with Dandelion, a one-shot anthology of sci-fi stories all written by Pirzada, with each story drawn by a different artist. This book one-shot will be coming out on June 12th. Thank you for that. I don't know how I must not have clicked it, but uh, as I You was, just uh, wanted to jump at the Liefeld story. I know. No, not really. I don't, you know I don't like Liefelds, but yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, but now you get to do a story you might like. Go ahead. Sure. But yeah, that Moon Knight, uh, the, 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 the Posado story, that's like, that's good, you know. Get yeah, something more, new, uh, something creator-owned. Yeah, so we'll see uh, We'll see what we see about that. Star Wars announces new Ahsoka series in summer 2024. So yeah, um, Ahsoka's getting her own um, um, comic book, or I guess another one, because I know there's been like one-shots and whatnot. Um, is it based off of um, uh, the, the the TV show? If this cover is to be believed, possibly. Um, but on February 2nd, StarWars.com confirmed on its website that Marvel Comics will be releasing its first comic series uh, starring Ahsoka, Star Wars Ahsoka, uh, this July, chronicling the former Jedi Knight's adventures with Sabine, her, Professor Hu Yang, and Hera. So that just answered that question right then and there. The comic book series will adapt Ahsoka Season 1, as well as events from fellow Star Wars shows The Mandalorian and Obi-Wan Kenobi for the uh, eight issues miniseries. Um, this is funny. The Boondocks and Marvel's Runaways writer, because this is, uh, well, this is CBR doing this, so this um, writer-producer Rodney Barnes is described for the upcoming series. Uh, quote, it is truly an honor to be adapting Ahsoka, Barnes said the character is the essence of classic Star Wars, uh, layered, complex, and fun. I hope the fans enjoyed this adaptation as much as the series is adapted adapted from. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is there not another series that Rodney Barnes is doing that is of note to to you? Yeah. <laughs> Normally you would have brought it up by now, but <laughs> but yes, he's also writing Philadelphia. Um, yeah. So I was about to say I thought the reason why they said those was because this was a um uh a, a Marvel article, but it's not it's CBR that 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 put this article out there. So they it's funny that they use that, and not the the current book he's doing. Right, right, right. But at the end of the day, I understand. You know, it's yeah. it's what it yeah it's it's yeah. Funny, you know it's one of those funny things. I mean, they're gonna love the Boondocks, so I ain't mad at that. But yeah. Yeah, I right. feel like Boondocks probably has a higher profile. That's probably why. I think that's why you know they use um, that you know in that in that other story. You know what I mean? I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's usually the case, I, I suppose. But it's still kind of weird. But Runaways, though. 
Uh, it's a TV show, you know. They, you it know, is they, also they kept a TV show. TV. Yeah. You know, they kept it the TV, you know, because that's what he worked on. He worked on the TV show, not the comic. I know, but the man's doing. We, we are no, we never got it. It's just weird, as uh, as Von Gloom says, CBR be CBR. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you are right. Next up, though. All right. So speaking of uh, weird t- uh, headlines, so apparently. The Justice League's Metamorpho has revealed he's the son of a famous archaeologist, a revelation that puts a dark spin on his grim origin. So Metamorpho's backstory is expanded with the introduction of his father, Montana Mason, an archaeologist who strongly differs from his son in terms of motivations and values. And this is uh, spoilers for Batman Superman World's Finest 2024 Annual. I guess that came out last week or the week before. Or maybe uh, this week. Last week, actually. Um, and I meant to read that, and I didn't. Because, yeah, they've been kind of... Because Metamorphosis been, has been in Batman Superman, and they kind of been teasing some things with, with him. And I guess this was that. So, sure. That's the thing. Uh, some sad news. Jose Delbo, classic Wonder Woman and Transformers artist, passes away at 90. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. So he's best known for his long run on Wonder Woman and his acclaimed stint on the Transformers in the late 80s. That would be the Marvel book, of course. Um, so he's born in Argentina, began his career as a professional comic book artist when he was uh, 16 uh, in Argentina. Um, uh, when he got to the, I guess when he came to the West, he did Billy the Kid. And then that's where he got his uh, Western start. Uh, with in Charlton Comics, and then I guess end up moving on to such stuff as Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, and a whole bunch of other stuff which I won't name before going into Wonder Woman and the trans the Marvel Transformers book, which I keep saying I'm going to go back and reread at some point. But hey, he drew the Thundercats book that we referenced earlier. Uh, yes. Uh, also, Captain Planet and NFL Super Pro, which, wow, it's been a while since I've heard that. <laughs> um, uh, uh, a couple other Starline joints, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, I'll, I'll recognize the art for sure, but didn't know his name. Yeah, that's kind of a lot. That happens a lot, at least for me, uh, with a lot of these older stuff. But that Transformers run, I love that joint. So. Uh, yeah, but there is that. Um, condolences to his family. Next up, all righty. An iconic Transformers Autobot will appear in Void Rivals. So, um, the Energon universe is, is expanding further with Skybound's Void Rivals number nine, introducing an Autobot from the Transformers the movie. Should I spoil it? I mean, I'm already watching. I'm looking at the the, the uh, cover, so go for it. Okay, it's going to feature the Autobot known as Springer. First seen in the middle of the Generation One continuity, Springer has become a fan favorite due to his status as the original Autobot triple changer. I hate to say this, folks, but who? Yeah, Agent Seven is not the, not not a big Transformer. Fan. I'm not also, that deep in Transformers. Yes. I, I'm. I'm I'm very much early generation one. Right. So, okay. And, and, uh, Von Gloom asked this question and I'm, and I was going to say, already go ahead and say, and like, I like Springer. Don't get me wrong from the, from the, from the later seasons of, well, from the movie and the later seasons of, of, of Transformers. Iconic. I would not say, 
at all. I, I like him as a character, but Iconic's a little strong. <laughs> they definitely use him a whole lot, so he definitely got popular. Plus, he was a triple changer, so hey, who who didn't like the triple changers? Um, I didn't know about triple changers. Who? Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, Astro Train, well, I know I had Astro Train. That was the only one I had. Um, and Blitzwing was the other one on the Decepticon side, and I didn't have Springer. And I can't, I think Springer that, was those the only are, one. Those are uh, the Transformers that were a little bit after my, not after my time, because I knew of Astro Train. And I knew, you know, but it just wasn't when I was collecting, you know, I don't think I had the 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 juice with my parents to uh, to get those kinds of transformers you know what i'm saying right understood i don't remember how i even got them but uh, <laughs> it is what it is so yeah um if you haven't been keeping up with the the whole energon universe that i mean it's, it's i guess it's not that big of a surprise it wouldn't be the first um cybertronian to be in the pages of uh void rivals is it its first one they put front and center on a cover though unless you count variant covers um so yeah, I love that for the Let Springer is a wrecker and I know him from that. Yeah, I I went back and read that stuff. So um that's cool. So yeah, that's that's for an upcoming Void Rivals, which I you know I will still be on, just like the Transformers stuff and all that all that um all that. Speaking of, Transformers debuts a G one icon. Again, screen right with these, you know, a little bit of hyperbole, but as Starscream assembles a true Decepticon army. Uh, spoiler alerts! It's um, uh, it's the Constructicons. So therefore, I mean that's more this. iconic than Springer. I still think I mean we're always kind of jobbers in the cartoon, but <laughs> oh god, uh, I guess there's some truth to that. But um, especially when the rest of the um, I guess as they call them now, combiners <laughs> came mm-hmm. along. Um, because right. you know, Devastator was coming up. It was it was a you know it was going to be a problem. But then right. again, the Dinobots took him down, so that's kind of funny in itself. Either way, um, so yeah, Devastator's coming into, I guess, I think this is the next issue of Transformers. Uh, um, because if, from what I remember of what Star Starscream and Soundwave have been doing, yeah, it's, um, I guess, I can see where that uh, was going to come into play at some point. Um but uh, although it also changes some things that we know from the the series, which I, which it continues to do, so uh, and this I guess yeah it comes from the solicitations, which I know no Transformers is not a hold. Void Rivals is the one that hold because of uh, the Transformers GI Joe stuff. So yeah, sure, it, it was bound to happen one way or another. Megatron's due to come back at some point, even though we've already seen him. Uh, so therein lies that. Um, a new Marvel game has been announced. Um, although it is a spinoff of an old, uh, an older game, apparently I thought this was kind of interesting. There is a, uh, let's see, is it German? There's a game that's getting a new translation from Brazilian, excuse me, publishers, uh, which I will not say, but, uh, features players traveling to various locations to find certain iconic comics for their collection. The player with the most, um, the, the most, uh, covers or comics, uh, is the winter winner, and they're making a Marvel version of that. Excuse me. Um, and the the um, the game is called Comic Book Hunters, so where players compete to build the best collection in Marvel Comics, or at least this version uh, of the book. But I guess there's another version that uh, that's just a general one. 
It's going to be published by Arcane Wonders and Spin Master later this year, being 2024. So there's a good chance I will probably be looking for that. Because <laughs> that seems kind of interesting uh, to me anyway. See, Comic Book Hunters will be released in uh, hobby stores and specialty markets in the fall of this year before moving to a global distribution in 2025. So I guess holiday is the time to look out for that uh, game. The Daniel Warren Johnson series is crazy enough already. Devil Stories were over. Yeah, there's there's been a lot of stuff going on in that series. I love it. I'm, I've been loving it so far. Next up, though. Already next up, um, Daredevil is celebrating his 60th anniversary this year, and Hasbro is not going to let that milestone pass without a little bit of Marvel Legends love. So we're getting a... Uh, a Hasbro Pulse exclusive Spider-Man animated series, Marvel Legends, Daredevil, and Hydro-Man six-inch action figures in a VHS two-pack. So these are inspired by some of their cartoon and animated looks. We're getting a Hydro-Man that's all water this time because the one that we got before was like uh, mostly human with like water hands. Um, so I definitely got that. Um, but this is like an all-water Hydro-Man um, and, uh, we have a daredevil that's kind of, um, that that's red with a lot of black highlights, which is a little bit more, um, animation faithful, but not necessarily comic book faithful. Right. So if you like this look, you know, I, I definitely see the, um, the, the appeal for it, especially, I think this is pinless. So you're definitely getting uh, the pinless version of daredevil. Um, you know, whether or not you like this, hey, it's already up there for pre-order. It, was, it hit pre-orders on Thursday, February 8th. Indeed. Um, Sideshow, Sideshow Dazzler and Spider-Man Premium Format 1 4th statues uh, uh, up for pre-order, by the way, if you're interested in that. So we got a Disco Dazzler and we have a Spidey with... Um, who looks like he's perched on top of a building with some of his rogues gallery uh on the uh on the side. So that dazzler doesn't look that bad. You got the skates and everything, but it is a statue, it's not a figure. So and these things are pricey. There's, there's yeah, the that's fun, but listen, if you're a collector like that, then you know why not? Right. There's the the dazzler from the back, uh, as they as this article <laughs> put it on, and then there's the spidey from the front, and then there's a little closer shot of the spidey. Um, which let's see, is there a price for these jobbies? Expensive. Oh, wow, seven hundred and forty bucks for the spidey. Yeah, and I assume the. Uh, five Dazzler. Yeah. So both of them were, were, were relatively priced. That's ridiculous, but that's Sideshow. So uh next yeah, up. There's a lot to there are there's a lot to those. Yeah. There's, there's a, I mean when I say when I say a lot, I mean there's a lot of material basically. It's not just the figure, there's background, there's right. you know, basically the stand that they're on. So yeah, those things are not cheap. And detailed. Absolutely. Alrighty, next up, uh, we have the Skull Ship and the Bug lead McFarlane's latest superpowers toys. So this is DC stuff. 
DC superpower. So you get Brainiac with the skull ship and you get the bug ship, which is obviously Blue Beetle. This is old school, very 80s, very superpower style stuff. Right. So there you go. Uh, kind of cool get a kilowog though. So what? It's cool that you have a kill that you get a kilowog in this latest wave. Oh, yeah, see, there's old school Brainiac. There's a great Batman. There's Kilowog. Has uh, it looks like there. a Japanese Batman because you see the the writing. Hmm, that's probably yeah from the manga. That's probably the case. Um, and there's Kilowog. So. There's Blue Ted Cord, Blue Beetle, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. Uh, speaking of McFarlane Toys and Transformers, apparently uh, McFarlane Toys has some Transformers and G.I. Joe figures that's just been re- uh, revealed. I guess it sounds like there was a loophole that made him, that that allowed him to be able to make these um, um, these these toys. So Really? I, that's I saw that I don't know if it's in this article or it's another one. Uh, it might be, or it might be in the next one. I can't remember because it's not the. It's obviously not Hasbro, one. right? So that's what's interesting, right? Um. So yeah. Oh yeah. The first line of it says, "Top McFarlane has long expressed desire that every toy license held by other companies could include a loophole that says he gets to make one figure. He seems to have found it and simply uh, and gotten slightly more than one. It was announced in the business deal last deal that um, McFarlane Toys will partner with Hasbro licenses for their three-inch page punchers line of figures packed with comics. Uh, the concept is to make a comic and a small toy uh, that kids can afford. Now it's going to cross license, uh, which includes DC Spawn and specific, uh, Pacific Rim. Uh, it means a whole array of similarly sized figures compare, uh, compatible with one another. So buckle up. There's going to be more, uh, more in this line. And there's a GI Joe line also. Uh, looks like the the pack is going to be sixty ninety nine or thereabout, according to this article, for the GI Joe and Transformers page punchers. Um, see, each figure sports six points of articulation. Um, page punchers also go to seven inch scale for DC license, but pre existing 12 inch, excuse me, seven inch deals with Super Seven may preclude those from happening with Hasbro uh, characters. Uh, and as uh, as I scroll through uh, some of these ones, you got the Cobra Commander and, uh, and a Viper. Uh, is that a type of, yeah, um, or Crimson Guard, not a Viper, excuse me. Um, Snake Eyes, looks like Duke, um, Wheeljack, Bumblebee, and Optimus Prime, and, um, Megatron, of course, along with, um, um, wow, hadn't seen those books in a while. It looks like it's from, some of these are from, um, the, uh, the old IDW books and what, and previous uh, ones, the books that have come with them. So cool, I guess. I don't know if these transform though. I don't think they are. They're just figures. No. Yeah, no, it doesn't look like they're six points of articulation is not enough. Yeah. So that's like that's like legs. You know, like hips, like legs, arms. That's four. You know, right, right, right. So like, yeah, arms, neck that. is five. So six. The sixth one might be the hips, the the waist. There mm. might be a waist swivel. I mean, there are some transformers that that can transform in six in, in you know in six ways, but yeah, none of these are none of those, so it doesn't matter regardless. Next right. up, 
All right, so that's the McFarlane story. So I have Hasbro reveals Transformers Generations Comic Edition Shockwave and Grimlock. So let's see here. I remember that cover. Oh, yeah, I remember that cover. Mm-hmm. But Transformers Generations Comic Edition Shockwave recreates Marvel comic cover. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I remember that cover being iconic. That's truly iconic. I remember this inside that they have for the uh, for the Shockwave figure. If you watch the video version, you're seeing it right now. That's interesting. Good old Shockwave turns into a... Well, wait. Why did it look like he's turning into a ship? That's not right. Shockwave is a gun. Just like mm-hmm. Megatron. He's a gun. Right. <laughs> so... Um, uh, let's see here. So Grimlock is set to retail for fifty nine ninety nine, but Shockwave is only going to cost thirty nine ninety nine. That's interesting. These toys are set to come out in summer twenty twenty four. That's about right. Because like I said, like I said last week, that's kind of a, their their baseline for the generations line. If I'm not mistaken, is, is it mm-hmm. around that part? It's just the masterpiece ones that get a little bit more pricey, a lot more pricey, a lot more pricey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's also more articulation and more pieces and whatnot with those as supposed yeah, to be. It's funny ones. that they transform what they transform Shockwave into now. Right. I'm sitting here like, really? It's ridiculous. Anyway, Hasbro, speaking of continuing this train, that train rolling, uh, Hasbro celebrates the Transformers 40th anniversary with comics and more. So, yeah, they're pretty much going to be doing it real, real big with the likes of um, Skybound and. Um, uh, was some other names. Well, Skybound, Dynamite, and there was another name that was attested that I can't remember. Um, but regardless, uh, so yeah, apparently, obviously, since since um since uh Skybound has the license now, of course they will be doing something. Um, looks like there's uh, oh Dynamite Entertainment's doing trading cards. Oh, I hate you for this. Cause you know, I'm going to get those. <laughs> um, and, and, uh, so that's the thing. And the trading cards are to see, da, 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 da. collectibles will include nearly 200 cards, all of which represent various transformers from the classic G- gen one continuity. Uh, the cards art is cast in different styles from those resembling the original box art and comic book, uh, to more stylized aesthetics. So they will be available in small packs as well as a large box. And uh, it has not been revealed as to when these cards will become available, though the entire set is likely to be out before the end of the year, according to this article. And, of course, Skybound, again, who has the license for uh, the comics at this point, is probably doing some some comic-related stuff. Um, Oh, there's a quote in here from Peter Cullen, a.k.a. the voice of Optimus Prime. Uh says uh, I've always had the feeling this was going to go a, a long time. I guess. Oh, also uh, Frank Welker, the voice of Megatron, says, uh, "Quotes uh, to watch this franchise just build and build and build is just amazing to watch." So I hope they are continuing to get checks because <laughs> deservedly so. Um, side note: I was just watching some Beast Wars uh, last night, so you know. Which has neither one of them in it, but still, this is a good show. Um, but yeah, let's just talk about the the ongoing the stuff that uh, Skybound's doing right now, so we just don't necessarily have to get into. Next up, 
All righty. So we're up to Hasbro's Transformers 40th Anniversary Collectibles. Include Ghostbusters crossover toys. Really an Ecto Optimus. They're, they're, they're really trying to go for my pocket. Oh, God. There Price was the 1999. Yeah. So, so this is a cheaper one. Yeah, and a twenty nine ninety nine one. Oh, okay. So there was an Ecto one that came out with um um the the Ghostbusters because I should know I have it uh Ghostbusters Transformer crossover that happened like a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think this is that because it's definitely that, that not not the cover if I could pull it out without but this is a red white color one I guess uh, more Optimus colored um leaning colored uh ecto one and the uh if you're not watching the video version there's a um white optimus prime with a red stripe with the ghostbusters logo on the side goodness gracious so you know yeah and then there's the box right there uh, oh no that's the trading card box actually so i didn't notice had that in there um which that last article did not but yeah, mm. stuff's coming. 40, 40 years of the Transformers. I feel old already. Thanks. Boy, I'm getting too old for this shit. There it is. Next up. Uh, G.I. Joe Class Ride for February 1 reveals Doc, Torch, and more. We got a Jinx here. We got... Um, is that a roadblock? I don't know who the hell these other couple of people... Oh, wait. Deluxe Doc, Dreadnought Torch, Tiger Force, Tripwire, and Roadblock Tupac. Tupac, that's Tupac, not Tupac. Uh, Night Creeper, that's definitely one I don't know. Jinx from the movie, of course. Uh, Nagahide, Pork Belly, and Yobo, or Yabo. I, I'm guessing those are the animals that is with something. I don't know who the hell that is. <laughs> but yeah, you can see all the a lot of the figures uh, in this article. That doc looks pretty smooth. You know. It looks like a a more modern version of Doc, though, but, uh, but still. Cool. Next up. Okay. So some people will probably uh, take shots at me for not understanding this. Hasbro Pulse reveals Ghostbusters' Neutrona wand replica based on the original film. So this is a new role-playing type toy priced at $124.99. So this is – and it has the most noteworthy change when compared to the Afterlife release. Comes with inclusion of all new grips being matched to the prop's original big screen debut back in 84. So, you know, there will be working LEDs, authentic sound effects, motorized vibrations with intensity adjustment and stream extension with four unique bust-in modes. So I guess the one question I have is does this connect to the backpack? That would be the question. Now, would it? Right. That's that, I mean, you know, like like I said, I wasn't sure if people were going to make fun of me because I'm like, I don't know. I don't no. see anything that like hooks into the backpack. I don't know if there's a wire or some or something. I don't know. Uh, you know what? Some enterprising folks will probably make that happen. Um, I'm sure uh, five will get to 10. I'm sure there is. They make you buy it in two pieces. There's the backpack because I know they've done the backpack, right? Right. And but they that- want you to. I'm trying to wait. Wasn't that the um 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 a Kickstarter thing though, right? The backpack. Yeah, but that was funded like five times over. Yeah, you're right. That's true. And that's it. It comes with the wand, display pan, display stand, and instructions. So could those instructions 
mean that uh, what Agent uh, Seventy is asking for is the case? Don't yeah, know. I'm gonna take a look while Roddy Cat moves on. Oh, to the actually, next, uh, the next no, story. is it in to. the story? Yeah, it is in the story because I'm seeing here it says uh, the Neutrona wand is compatible with the Ghostbusters Plasma series Spangler's Proton Pack. It from, is right from 2021's Ghostbusters HasLab campaign. So yes, yeah, 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 yeah. So there you go, asked and answered. There it is. Right. So there's a plug somewhere. Right. And it's probably under that. Um, like if you see the end of it, it looks like a little tiny knob thing that looks like it, it's probably going to screw in there or something. Right. Or that's going to come off and, and it's going to attach some kind of way. Easy. Yeah. Um, I don't have this in the article, but I'm just throwing this in here anyway. Regal Cinemas is getting their own Ghostbusters Frozen Empire Ghost Trap popcorn bu- bucket. And I kind of want it because it looks better than that stupid uh, Doom popcorn bucket. I don't know if you've seen that junk. That thing looks hideous. The Doom popcorn bucket? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, I, I think I've seen images of it on my feeds, but yeah, I've not looked at it carefully. Right, but basically, hey, um, it's a ghost trap. You can put popcorn in it. Because uh, who wouldn't want that? Uh, let's see, and there's a sippy cup. What's going on? I'm trying to look for a price, but I know they usually they usually uh, ask a premium for them things. And that can't even be a large bucket of popcorn. So that's probably, <laughs> uh, I can't imagine that, that, that uh, trap fitting a whole lot of popcorn. Uh, but regardless, that's out there. I'll probably put this in the show notes uh, later on for folks who want to uh, check that out. But next up, um, is that me or you? Me? Hold on. I just did the Neutrona wand. So Konami is okay. you. Uh, Konami to continue developing. Oh, wait, did we skip one? No, we did skip one. I don't believe so. What, what did we skip? Did you talk about the classified releases? The yes. G.I. Joe classified releases? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Oh, okay, sorry, I missed it. No, no, sorry. I was busy looking at the Neutrono one. <laughs> it was compatible with, with the uh, Proton Pack. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I was doing that. Uh, I did that already. Uh, but yeah, Konami to continue developing Yu-Gi-Oh! Virtual Reality following successful debut at 25th anniversary event. Um, and I know I saw another like fan-made thing that's out there that looks pretty close to what you would play on. Um, that that what you have seen on Yu-Gi-Oh! The anime. Uh, but apparently. See, see, proof of concept was deemed a success by Konami, who announced it will later continue to develop in Yu-Gi-Oh! games with VR and various other technologies. Uh, whether or not this means fans should expect a full VR game for the likes of MetaQuest 3 or PlayStation VR 2 remains to be seen. Probably likely those still. But it certainly bodes well for those who dreamed of the experience for the last 25 years. Um, let's see. Uh, it looks like this VR experience is going to be something that is attached to a mobile game, Dual Links. Um, whatever happens, or, or initially, um, or it could blossom into another VR, uh, a full blown VR game at some point. So, I'll play it. Shit. <laughs> um, but that's that's cool. Um, hey, we'll we'll see how that works out at some point down the line. Next up. Uh, we're in the home stretch here, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Peanuts pop-up book, Dark Anansi, and more Bendis. So Abrams Comic Arts has announced its spring catalog, which includes both new titles and second volumes of recently launched series. The first on the list was announced last fall, Nate Powell's Fall Through, a time loop story about a punk band that will go on sale on February 6th. And there's more. So take a look at this article when you get a chance. 
That reminds me of something, actually, uh, that we didn't talk about. I don't, I'm fairly certain, but as when I do, as I, when we finish this up, I'll bring it up. Um, but yeah, wait, what was the business thing? Oh, business uh, sounds Madonna, like three year. Book two, Matilda's Quest. Yeah, but he also, apparently he's got a three book deal with Bray, uh, Abrams, so good for him, I guess. Okay. Next up, though, um... Scott Pilgrim graphic novels to be remastered for 20th anniversary. So the anniversary box set will be released in both color and black and white editions. Uh, there's, um, there's a slideshow here in this article um, that, where you can see the, uh, the boxes for it. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, let's see. The sets will be released August 20, 2024. Uh, I'm looking for a price for these. Uh, Only Press is the ones going to be uh, putting those out because I believe those they were the ones who originally put them out anyway. Uh, or Only Press is also teasing other upcoming releases tied to Scott Pilgrim's uh, 20th anniversary, including uh, Scott Pilgrim's 20th anniversary print portfolio, uh, which features both classic and new artwork, and the Scott Pilgrim 20th anniversary coloring book. Uh, fans can look forward to more announcements in later in 2024 and I don't see a price. So I guess that's, that'll be coming later, uh, closer to release next up. Okay. So spoiler alert for teenage mutant Ninja turtles, number 147. And wow, this story is going way beyond my understanding. So Donatello has a daughter in some time, travel stuff uh timey wimey stuff gotta love mm-hmm. it or hate it, or both and this character uh donatello's daughter is probably the strongest member of the teenage mutant ninja turtles to date because she can manipulate time goodness gracious that'll do it time and space goodness gracious man i mean you know if, if turtles hadn't gotten off the rail <laughs> by now Although G.I. Joe at this point is kind of getting up there with some of the wild stuff that, that uh, the story's doing. Goodness, Goodness so, gracious. But yeah, this is some time stuff, so who knows how that's going to play out. And I believe this is leading up to 150, which is um, where Sophie Campbell leads up. Yeah, le- leaves the book. So I guess she said, she said I'm going for it. Uh, and Timestress also, because like as we said earlier, that's kind of the thing in the Turtles universe. Last but, well, not last but not least, but um, ICV2 launches ICV2 direct ordering platform. Uh, it's a comics distribution model. Um, let's see. Milton Grepp, one of the founders of the direct market comic distribution model, is getting back into comics distro, sort of. Uh, on his ICV2 news site, he just announced ICV2 Direct, a new platform for sales direct from publishers to stores. The idea is to make it easier for stores to order directly from publishers, which sounds simple, but it often isn't, according to this article from Comics Beat. Uh, there is a um, part of the press release here, which I won't go into. Uh, and then the article kind of goes into, you know... Uh, um, its thoughts about it so good luck with that i guess mm-hmm. um and that's it for the news but i wanted to throw this in here real real quick um because i totally forgot about this the first black peanuts character gets his own special uh snoopy presents welcome home franklin i'm sure by now people have seen the um 
the um the the trailer for this sadly it's only going to be on apple tv plus um but the trailer is out there for those to to check out and yes as as the name implies it is um uh, um a, a special surrounding franklin just in time well just for the just in time for the middle of black history month right. of, of which we are in now and apparently they retcon uh, a, a certain situation if you watch the 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 video don't tell me they retconned the table. They scene. retconned the table. <laughs> they I totally retconned it. the table, and people were going crazy for it too. Because like, oh, which the, the 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 I've seen, I've I watched the uh, the trailer, and it does seem kind of touching and whatnot. But because basically, um, it's Franklin moving into town and meeting the Peanuts gang, you know, and and they're in so far and so much, and yeah, they totally retconned the table. I'm saying it's like okay. I don't know how to feel about that, but I'm glad they did something, I suppose. But some of us ain't going to forget. Some of us will not forget. <laughs> um, but uh, if you do have access to Apple TV Plus or some Three Magic Letters, uh, the release date for the said special is February 16th, 2024. There it is. And that, folks, brings us to the end of our um, of our news section. Uh, let us get one last ad read, please. Our last ad read. And you know what we read when it's late and we're tired. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit CSPN.us and click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment. It helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. I thought it was going to be faster than you doing the thing, but I guess not. All right, folks. Boop. We have come to the end of another uh, episode of this here Comic Book Chronicles. We will be back next time, next week, um, actually on our regular ch- uh, time. Yes. Uh, and, yes, and the next place. two weeks will be we will be recording at our regular time. Yes, um, probably not, folks. Knock on wood. Yeah, indeed. Uh, yeah, barring anything happening, which you know sometimes sometimes tends to happen, but hey, tis what yep. tis. Um, and with that, I am Radicat. You can find me at Radicat on Twitter. You can find me at Newsnet Need on Twitter. You can find my CB Caps on Instagram. <laughs> Excuse me, uh, Agent underscore seventy on Twitter, Instagram, and Threads. Uh, PC and underscore dirt on Twitter, pop culture network, pop culture net, and pop culture network.com, and all those umbrella sites therein. And last but never, never, ever, ever, ever least, uh, Tim DOGG98 on Twitter, um, uh, CB Cron on Twitter, which is the Comic Chronicles Twitter account, uh, The Click Nation on Twitter, that's T H E K L I Q N A T I O N, TheClickNation.com. But First and foremost, he's over at comicbook.com where he's writing his face off. Uh, you could find this here podcast on the Coastal Podcast Network, which I don't remember if I said earlier, but the CSPN.us. Do it today. You could also find this on your podcast perusal place of choice, whether it be Google, Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Make sure to click like, subscribe, and leave us all the positive five-star reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. 
Yeah, you could find us uh, recording mostly every Thursday night, 930 Eastern Standard Time on the YouTube channel, The Click Nation. That's YouTube.com slash The Click Nation. We thank for the folks that's been in the audience, uh, like like one Von Gloom and um, um, uh, Benny Flick Games 2, which was over on Twitch.tv slash Comic Book Chronicles also. Right, and you know how they know we're on because they clicked like, subscribe, and they left us reviews. They hit the button, especially to know when to get notifications to know when we are on live. Indeed, although I don't know if they did reviews, but yeah, humor them on that one because there's someone probably has at this point. Um, so yeah, folks, that's it. Like I said, we're we're, we're kind of in the uh, movie protocol lull of this year, uh, so we don't really have any. Um, uh, movies or shows to talk about until something else comes out. Although I did see, I think I think Bad Batch is coming out soon, right? Bad Batch is coming out soon-ish, uh, and I guess somewhere between. Um, well, depending on how um, uh, uh, Spy Family works out, might right. that might be a thing. So right, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, but stay tuned for that, folks. But in the meantime, this has been the Comic Book Chronicles. Peace. Peace, one happy Lunar New Year to everyone. Merry New Year! Almost over, y'all. Shit, I really stand. Uh, uh, uh. Nice out, out.